Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? East Carolina girls are the best in the world. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. You got to give me a sack, Chandler. Uh, give me a sack. Sack! Yes. <laughs> How about those freaking pirates? It's a me, Amanda Garcia. <laughs> Puedes pintar este violeta. Y'all are intimidating guys, you know what I'm saying? Y'all are famous, y'all are celebrity-type guys, and that's intimidating. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, online, PR927FM.com. And join us on Facebook Live and YouTube as we will be chatting with you on this Tuesday. What is on your mind? How you feeling about East Carolina and Gardner-Webb? How you feeling about this monster slate of games for week four of college football? We are done with week two of the NFL. How's your team looking? You panicking yet? You're looking, you're looking like a playoff team. You're looking like a team that is ready for the 2024 NFL draft. Uh, we will talk about a lot of those topics today here on Pirate Radio, and we want to hear your feedback on Facebook Live and the tubes of you. Subscribe to us on YouTube and give us a like as well, and uh, you can always hit us up on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, if you'd like. All right, coming up on today's show, we got Mac McCarthy on the Pirate Radio Live Line. He'll join us in just a couple of seconds as he is ready to go, talking ECU, talking college football, and more. Also coming up on today's program, Mully will join us coming up at 4 o'clock. He was part of our watch party on Saturday. We'll talk some Pirate football with Mully. We'll, we'll get a, a love check on Jordan Love. How much does he love Love after the Packers lost on Sunday? But Jordan Love had pretty good numbers in that loss so we'll talk some nfl and more with mully also mlb regular season coming down to the wire we'll talk a little baseball as well coming up at around 4 30 we'll talk to the play-by-play voice of the gardner webb running bulldogs phil constantino he'll give us a preview on those running bulldogs who are one and two right now uh and coming to this saturday looking to win looking to beat the pirates pirates looking for win number one on the year we've got mike houston jeremy lewis and jalen johnson audio to get to in today's program and coming up in our final hour bryce williams will join us he is desperately searching for a pirate victory as well we got uh, the Chan Man and the Big Dog wearing the same shirt. I like to see that synergy over in Studio B. It's uh, it's a boy's day today. No Shirley. So we're going to have a lot of fun on the show. Nobody to reel us in. Yes, sir. What's up, fellas? What's up, fellas? What's up, fellas? What's up, guy? And let's go out to the Pirate Radio Live line and talk to Mac McCarthy, who joins us here on a Tuesday. Coach Mac. I uh, can't see your beautiful face today, but nice to hear that uh, voice of yours. How you doing, man? I appreciate it. The, uh, I, I know uh, the beautiful face is, uh, uh, you know, not there in person and uh, never has been. <laughs> I miss seeing you guys in person, but uh, I'm over here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, hanging out with a, a former Pirate, Mark Ward. Uh, used to be with the Pirate Club. And of course, uh, was a student there, alum, and uh 
and still stays in touch with folks there. But I'm doing a little consulting for the men's and women's basketball programs over here. And I hate to not be there in person, but I'm glad to join you by phone. Awesome. All right. Pulling double duty, multitasking. Mac McCarthy joining us on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Let's check in uh, on the chat real quick. Jamie asking, is Chandler okay after last night's game? We'll get to that more in detail later but uh chandler seems to be holding up okay showed up to the press conference today did his job now he's doing shirley's job so you've kind of got your mind off of it because you got so many other things to focus on i think that's a good thing 24 hour rule so i mean i i was upset last night yeah but it hadn't been 24 hours yet well, it's hey i don't follow the rule (laughs) i i I go less than 24 hours there you go i was a little uh, upset this morning, but uh, as I got the workday uh, going, I forgot about it. So. As, as Tyler says on YouTube, with Shirley not here, there are no rules. So that is true. We don't have to follow the rules today. <laughs> uh, Steven said, if Wally's has you covered like our DBs, that's not good. Steven, <laughs> calm down. Relax. It's a commercial. It's a good line. It's just a commercial. It's a, it was a, at the time, it sounded like a good line. Just everybody relax. Go get your uh, Wally's too. Popcorn. popcorn robert staley says ron rivera should be coach of the year let's let's chill out on that too robert but i am happy about my two and oh washington commanders but we do not talk nfl while coach mack is here so let's quickly move along to uh to college football coach uh interesting oh and three start to hey by the way you are dead on coach you the said the pirates would start oh and three Finish the season eight and four, play in a championship. So right now it is going just as you planned. So uh, a lot of folks are fired up, excited about this eight and four season coming up. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm going to take complete credit for this, and we are on track. Three weeks in, how many people have a, a perfect record like I do? Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I'm looking good this week. I think we'll be just fine. Uh, although I will say it was a, a really long Saturday for sports in my house. Uh, you know, between the Pirates, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, getting whooped over there in Boone and, uh, you know, coming up short, although even I, even though I predicted it, it was still uh, hurtful. And then my Hokies uh, looked, uh, you know, just horrible again. And uh, they're uh, like a two-touchdown underdog at Marshall, which is something I'd never mm. thought I'd say. And uh, and then my guy, on the, to, to cap it off, my guy Harvick probably had the worst car that he's ever had uh, in a race at Bristol, which uh, the Bristol night race is one of my two favorite races of the year. And uh, it was just miserable listening to, to the spotter and the scanner and, and him complain all night and run around with a bunch of guys. He was, he was running with cars. I didn't even know who drove the cars and I know, and I know them all, but uh, bad sports day, but mm. an interesting football day. And, and like, like we said, the Pirates are right on track. Uh, I guess there was some news from uh, Mr. John Gilbert a little bit this week. Yes, sir. And uh, you could look at it as the dreaded vote of confidence. You, you never like that. If you followed sports, uh, that it's never good to get that vote of confidence in professional sports from your owner, or I guess in college sports, in this case, from your AD. I thought I, I look at it from a bit of a different perspective, but – let's i was gonna read the words but i said you know what that'd be kind of boring just to read the whole thing so i figured we'd have chandler honeycutt read it doing his impressions so chandler uh we did this right before the show started let's hit it real quick this is chandler honeycutt reading the from the helm john gilbert put out on monday pirate nation as you know 
East Carolina football competes in Division One A, the highest level of athletic competition within the NCAA. Our participation in this highly competitive environment requires high levels of resource and high levels of preparation. Jim Rohn. We expect high levels of performance, both on and off the field. At ECU, our investment of resources in our football program also comes with high expectations for sustainable success. Our donors and fans show our high expectations. Gus Johnson. In fact, our recent back-to-back bowl games has only elevated our expectations. Ha-ha! While our administrators, staff, coaches, and student-athletes work tirelessly with each striving to do their job, our season is off to a disappointing start. Coach Rick Smith. Our fans and donors have every right to be concerned, and I have shared with our athletic leadership team that those concerns are an expression of our own expectation of our football program. Jeff Connors. I assure you that no one wants success more than Coach, his staff, and our student-athletes. They are taking every measure to produce a product on the field that meets those expectations. Gary Hahn. I remain confident in support in Coach Houston and our football program. I have shared with Coach that as a department, we remain focused on striving for excellence in all facets of our operation. We acknowledge that our competitive success is the sum of our parts. Chucky, John Gruden. I know Coach Houston and our entire athletic leadership team, Ren, remain committed and focused on success, man. Chandler Honeycutt. As always, thank you for your investment and for your support of our athletic department. It was inspiring to see the amount of purple and gold in the stands at our first two road games. Go Pirates. All right. Good job, Chandler Honeycutt, and all of the multiple personalities you have. No problem. And no, John Gilbert didn't punch Mike Houston in the nose. No, I didn't get punched in the nose. <laughs> Thank you very much. Coach Mack, um, I, I don't know how I would take it if I wasn't where I'm at, but I'll say this. There are a lot. There are ECU fans who think Mike Houston goes after them a little bit. He's in the past said, you know, go fly a kite. The casual fan needs to wake up. Um, he said, if you're hitting the panic button, that says more about you than it does the football team. So I, I don't know if people should take it personal. He's got to, he's got to say whatever he does to, you know, his team and his players. And he's going to always believe in his guys. And if, if you're not believing in the team, then, you know, he don't have time for you. He doesn't want to hear that. So like, I, I, I see both sides of it. I feel like this is more of a, all right, pirate nation. We know that we stink right now. Um, we are doing all we can to fix it. Nobody is uh, is going to blame the fans or you for this. And we're we're trying our. I, I don't know. I, I didn't take it as a vote of confidence. Uh, I took it more as a everybody relax. We're all on the same page. We're all pirates here. We're trying to fix this thing. I, what did you take away from John Gilbert having to come out after week three, after an zero and three start, kind of early to to do this? Yeah, you know, there are a bunch of things. First, I'll address the Mike Houston part with the fans at the end of this. But to start with, with with, with Mr. Gilbert uh, and every athletic director, you, you have a lot of shareholders. And, and nobody is happy right now. The players aren't happy. The coaches aren't happy. Uh, his bosses aren't happy. The, the fans, the boosters, the corporate partners, 
season ticket holders, nobody is happy. Uh, probably the media is not happy, although, uh, it, you know, losing does produce good stories, and the media usually is after good stories for the most part. But I thought, I thought the, I thought the, the statement uh, didn't say anything on one hand, but it addressed all the different shareholders, stakeholders in this thing. You know, first, his first obligation is to the players. Uh, he, he needs to put them in a positive situation as possible and doing anything but, but saying we're doing the right things and we're headed in the right direction would be a disservice to them. And basically, it's the same thing for the coaches. Now, you may have a different conversation privately with the coaches. You may have a different conversation privately with your bosses and some of the shareholders. But but publicly, to, to say we're good, we're headed in the right direction, uh, it, it was almost mandatory. Um, and then the, the next part is his boss, uh, because the boss is getting a lot of calls from the other partners, the, the boosters, the corporate sponsors, the fans uh, in general. Um, you know, all those folks are, are, are calling up the food chain to, to try to express their frustration. But I, I thought he kind of answered all the groups, and no answer is going to be satisfactory. But, uh, but, but he at least addressed the situation and, hey, we're, we're aware, we're doing everything we can do. And, uh, again, that, that doesn't satisfy anything, but it does at least, you know, sometimes silence is a problem. Sometimes you need yeah. to say something. And I thought, I thought it was necessary. Um, and while you may say he didn't say anything like I just did, he still did what he had to do to help each of those uh, factions uh, that, that, that go into making up the, the sponsors, the, the partners, if you will. Now, Mike Houston, first of all, I never felt comfortable enough to go after the fans. Uh, maybe in general, what, you know, we, we need to get better crowds or something like that. Uh, but but I, I never felt it was really good to antagonize them. But on the other hand, here's the real deal. If he wins, it doesn't matter what they say. Yeah. And if he loses, it doesn't matter what they say. He's either going to be continued employment or they'll get rid of him. And, and, and what he says doesn't really affect that at all. And uh, fans may have taken some of what he, uh, his comments personally. But, uh, but again, uh, in the end, it won't matter. He'll either win games and he'll be the football coach or he won't win games and he won't be the football coach. Mac McCarthy joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. And Mac spent many years in that coach AD relationship. And football is different than basketball, where you play one game a week and there, there's not a lot of games. Basketball, you're playing two or three a week, and uh, there are a lot of games, long season, a lot of, and you have a tournament at the end to make up for all your misgivings during the regular season in basketball. You don't have that at football. So, but what are the, the conversations like in season with an AD coach? How much, how, how often do you have those conversations in your experience? What is talked about uh, during those? And uh, does the AD, has the AD ever gone to you and said, hey, we need to change. We need to, we need to play more up-tempo or we need to go to a zone. Like, how, 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 how have those conversations gone in your coaching career with ADs? Well, <laughs> uh, you know, different ADs are different. Uh, you know, I had some football coach ADs that uh, – you know, that didn't have a lot of input into basketball per se, but, you know, just approach it from an overall, you know, how is the program going kind of thing. Uh, and then I had some more hands-on guys 
Uh, Dick Sander was a basketball guy at VCU, and and he felt comfortable, you know, at least discussing things. But uh, and, and Coach Holland did too. Uh, Coach Holland probably came as close to anybody as making to making suggestions right. uh, to, to change things as as it, as anybody that I was ever around. And even as an assistant coach, I, I had lots of interactions with ads because generally I was in charge of administrative type things and and you know from budgets and and that kind of thing. So I even had a lot of interaction with the, like Coach Die at at, uh, at Auburn when uh, when he was there and I was an assistant. But uh, but but that you know I don't know that any you know ads have ever gotten to the point. You see this happen in football some where especially in the South it seems like. If you're a football coach and things are not going well, you fire the defensive coordinator. That buys you a year. If things aren't going well the next year, you fire the offensive coordinator, and that buys you another year. Now you're three years down the road. Uh, but uh, but but th- that's usually a postseason thing, not a during-the-season kind of thing, because most ADs don't have the experience to give you really good uh, suggestions as to what you, you should do coaching-wise, if you will. Matt McCarthy joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line, East Carolina and Gardner-Webb coming up Saturday. 6 o'clock, we'll be with you 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We'll dive into the Mike Houston comments here from Jalen Johnson, Jeremy Lewis later on in today's show when we talk to uh, to Mully and Bryce Williams. Also, a Gardner-Webb preview coming up with Phil Constantino. Uh, Coach Mack, hang on through a break. Let's take a break. We'll come back with Coach Mack. Uh, talk week three a little bit, but we've got a massive week four coming up. Huge games. And we have to make our picks. What top 10 team will lose? What top 25 team will lose? We got plenty of options this week. Last week was tough. This week, uh, you can pick your poison because we got a lot to choose from. So we'll do that with Matt McCarthy when we return. Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Brown and Wood is your home with the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in eastern North Carolina since 1937. Shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com or visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Brown and Wood, Greenville's number one dealership in the home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, let's check the uh, chat gang real quick. Mac McCarthy on the Pirate Radio Live line. Robert Matthews said, Good afternoon, PRL. The Gardner Webb coach on Saturday night is going to be saying, Tell him to bring me my money. Robert, get that negativity out of here, man. This is uh we are in must win time. This is uh this is not our Super Bowl. This is our FCS championship game. 
we got to win this on saturday john pulling back one from the archive says are you nervous john is very nervous eight out of ten scale i'm not nervous john i am confident i think we're gonna beat this fcs team i think we should schedule more fcs teams i'm joking we shouldn't i think we're gonna win this game john elton says we better follow the rules shirley is always watching she is always watching rick is checking in from the tractor seat what's up rick he says chandler i'm here for your loss so chandler it's nice to have people i got people i got a text from uh from denny hoover saying clip congrats on the 2-0 start for the commanders that's really nice people it's, are congratulating you people no, are patting me on the back that's my point it's nice to have people in your corner when things are going good it's even better to have people having your back when things aren't going good lifting you up when you're down and and rick's doing that for you thanks rick jay's wondering why john gilbert had to let the pirate nation know that we compete in division 1a <laughs> i don't know jay todd is asking will i be in the studio tomorrow between 12 and 1 todd 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 todd, todd, todd. i don't know is that a threat todd oh todd it depends on why you're asking watch out todd i ain't trying to get in a fist fight for lunch tomorrow but yeah i might be here but i might have some people here with me in case you want to step up um all right pike is here pike using a coach mag reference says uh mike houston be on drive might be on drive through duty soon uh coach mac uh i'm not ready to go that far yet it reminds me of a call we had on the fifth quarter one year i think it was tom in greenville and he said yeah ruffy mcneil has all those cardboard cutouts in food line if he's not careful he'll be working there soon so that's uh it's the kind of calls we get on the fifth quarter it's been a couple of long ones i thought the fan i i don't think anybody's been crazy as far as uh calls yet but uh that could happen if we lose this one on on saturday coach we'll see all right saturday's big it is and it's big across the country because we got some awesome games coming up we'll get to those in a moment i'm sorry folks if y'all are tired of Deion sanders but that's the story he's the story and uh i i was in and out we got back home from a long day uh from the fifth quarter I, I did fall asleep a little bit during the game but i did wake up to see the end and how about colorado this could have been the one you had the whole sunglasses and hat thing coach you, you had in-state rivalry colorado state committing like 16 penalties the, the fumbles picks it was crazy uh but it ends with a colorado win and they do their job they set up what the the, the tv con, the tv folks wanted to happen uh undefeated record going into oregon and usc it'll be oregon this week but how about prime and company getting a win uh where it looked like a loss was coming you know he, he's won them every different way he, he was a 20 some point underdog uh, on the road to the uh defending number two team in the country tcu and and whoops them uh you know then he beats uh, nebraska when nobody still really believes that and then a game he should win. Uh, it's a crazy game. Over after midnight, uh, most folks didn't see the end of it, um, but it does. It sets up the next two weeks, Oregon and USC, uh, you know, to be just huge opportunities uh, and big games for the for the Pac-12 as well as uh, as well as Colorado specifically. Um, it's a shame that Hunter is hurt. Uh, that was a, a a difficult thing to watch, and uh, sorry that he's going to be out, but. Uh, 
Colorado is the story of college football this year. Uh, and, and past that, probably the fact that uh, no one seems ready to, to take the mantle and say we're the best team in the country. Coach, I, I set up last week no marquee games, but usually when you have a slate like that, you're going to see some upsets, and, and we really didn't. Um, I, I was kind of wrong on that one. What we did see is traditional powerhouses, and if you thought it was a get-right week for some of these teams and they would just blow teams out or whatever, just didn't happen. Uh, Georgia beats South Carolina by 10. Florida State goes up to Chestnut Hill, beats BC by 2. And then I was just shocked to see Alabama slugging up and down the field and having to score a couple touchdowns in the second half just to beat South Florida 17-3. to So, I don't know. We're just used to those teams rolling out the ball, kind of whooping their opponents. We didn't see that for uh, some of these teams last week. No, and it's amazing that the the, the big name teams and the teams that everybody predicted, uh, you know, have struggled somewhat. Uh, Georgia behind at halftime. The Alabama game was the biggest shock to me of the of the whole day. Uh, but you but you did have a couple upsets. You had Tennessee getting drilled in the swamp. Um, you know, a tough place for them to play, but they still, you know, they're a top ten team and and get just beat like a dog. And then uh, and then of course you had Mississippi, uh, not Mississippi, Missouri. Uh, on the last play of the game, upset in Kansas State. Uh, that was an exciting upset. How about college kickers, Coach? Can't rely on them at all. And this guy hits a 61-yarder to win it at the end. Yeah, and 50-whatever, and 50, and 50 whatever, 56 would have been too close, his coach said. So he went ahead and intentionally got the delay <laughs> penalty to set him up from, from 61. That, that, that was really an exciting game and a, and a crazy game to see where, you know, they absolutely tried to blow it, but still made the field goal uh, for a great upset after getting drilled by Kansas State a year ago. Coach, I usually, uh, these first three weeks, I have put jotted down my games to watch, kind of off the radar a little bit, not the the absolute headliners. I didn't need to do that this week with so many great games. But I do want to highlight, so Thursday night is Georgia State Coastal Carolina, but man, a, a really good Friday night, a sneaky Friday night if you're not out watching your local high school team, looking for something to do on Friday night. Pretty good slate of games, and... And maybe they're better on paper than they are actually uh, in real life. But I think we'll see a a few good ones out of this group. This is Friday night. Wisconsin-Purdue, 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. NC State-Virginia. Brennan Armstrong goes back to Charlottesville at 7.30 on ESPN. Boise, uh, Boise State at San Diego State. That one looks really good on paper going into the year. Maybe not as good. Uh, when you see these uh, teams on the field, especially San Diego State. But that's 10.30 on CBS Sports Network. And then Air Force San Jose State. And Air Force is 3-0. and San Jose State has played a, a really tough non-conference schedule uh, to this point. So I think that'll be a good one as well. So for a Friday night, that's a, a pretty big night of college football coming up. Yeah, and that, and that adds to the weekend. But, but you're right. There, there's some real headliners, some that I can't wait to see. Uh, Mississippi and Alabama and, and Ohio well, was, and Notre Dame. And, I was going to get to that, Coach. Yeah. I'm sorry? Well, this is what we're missing, not being in studio. I was going to get to that part. I wanted you to talk about that week Friday night slate first. You just stepped me up so well. I, <laughs> I had to go right ahead. <laughs> the the big game. So, all right. Which one you – all right, let me run them down real quick. And you, you had started there, Coach. But Florida State, Clemson at noon – Prime in Colorado at Oregon at uh, at three thirty, 
I bypassed Oklahoma, Cincinnati. That's also at noon. Uh, UCLA, Utah at 3.30. Ole Miss, Bama at 3.30. I want to ask you what you think about the line on that game when we uh, circle back to it. Oregon State at Washington State at 7 o'clock. Um, and Ohio State, Notre Dame, 7.30. Iowa, Penn State at 7.30. North Carolina, Pitt is at 8. Uh, let's see. Later in the night, you got USC at Arizona State and Cal at Washington. What's your uh, you only... I'm, I'm locking you in a chair, Coach, and we're only going to allow you to watch one game on Saturday. Which game would you choose out of those? Oh, gosh. I think I think just because of the intrigue, Mississippi and Alabama, Yeah. Uh, even though Ohio State and Notre Dame probably has more implications, but I, I could not miss Mississippi-Alabama. Have you seen the line on that one, Coach? I have, and I don't understand it. <laughs> so I, don't know, I don't know how Mississippi is not favored. It is very odd. I, I, I guess you got to make Bama the favorite, but I was thinking more two and a half, three than seven. Uh, and and what do you make of Nick Saban going with a different QB against South Florida and putting Milrow back in for this game? Well, I totally understand why he's going with Milrow. If you can't block anybody on the offensive line, you may as well have a quarterback who can run. The thing I don't understand is why he didn't play a minute against South Florida. Yeah. I know he threw a couple picks against Texas, but that that didn't, to me, that didn't justify him not playing at all against South Florida. Uh, I, I think he gives them the best chance to win. I, you know, I, I don't know if he thought, well, this is a game we can kind of get right, one of those get right games. Uh, but uh, they didn't get right. Uh, I think he was wrong, and I think Milrose should have been the quarterback against South Florida, and he will be against Ole Miss. Mac McCarthy joining us here in the Pirate Radio studios. Looking forward to um, to this slate. Clemson down in the dumps. Awful loss. Chandler Honeycutt says they're the worst football team in America. They have a chance to right all the wrongs coming up this uh, this week at noon, this Saturday, when they take on Florida State at Death Valley. Is that line too low, Coach? Do you like Florida State in this one? I'm seeing Florida State by two and a half. No, I think the line is probably about right, but uh, but I tell you what, Chandler, you know, we know him and his history with college football, but uh, uh, I, Clemson at home, I know it's not a night game, but Florida State has not been great on defense. They certainly struggled. Maybe they were looking ahead at, at Boston College after they got up big. Uh, quarterback a little bit dinged up, although he's really been dinged up his whole career. Um, I'm I'm thinking that could be one of those upsets. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game, and um, and anxious to see that one too. I I hate it at noon. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see that as a night game. No doubt, and uh, with all these great games, it, you can't put them all at night, I guess. But I would rather see that one and uh, a couple others maybe later in the evening. How about um, Colorado? Boy, they are tough to predict. You mentioned it earlier, Coach. He has won as a huge underdog on the road. They kind of fooled around with Nebraska a little while, but ended up blowing them out as a as a short favorite in that game, and then a huge favorite against Colorado State. They had to go the length of the field just to to send it into overtime and eventually win. So I guess what I'm saying is it's kind of been tough to predict what Colorado is going to do, but they have won every week. Uh, does that change at Oregon? Oregon a three touchdown favorite against Colorado. Yeah, I think it does change and. Of course, you can keep predicting somebody's going to fail, and eventually you'll be right. But <laughs> so far, we've all, you know, a lot of us experts have been wrong about Colorado, and, and what a great job uh, Coach Prime has done. But uh, I think it comes to a halt. Uh, 
you know, it's deeper in the season, you get people nicked up. Uh, we know they don't have a lot of depth. Oregon is playing really well. Wouldn't be shocked to see Colorado play well, but I'd be shocked to see Colorado win. Mac McCarthy joining us. Let's get to our top 10 team to lose and top 25 team to lose. As I said last week, it was slim pickings. And uh, I thought Mississippi State had a shot against LSU. Uh, I was way wrong on that one as the Tigers looked really good down in Starkville. We all went 0 2 last week. So, yikes. I'm 2 and 4. Chandler's 2 and 4. Coach Mack, 1 and 5. What'd you say, Coach? I'm going 2 and 0 this week, though. There it is. There's Coach Mack calling his shot. Looking like George Herman in the batter's box. All right. <laughs> Maybe Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Chandler, I'm going to let you go first. Let's let's build well, let's build some drama. Let's start with our top twenty five team to lose. Okay, who is your top twenty five team that's going to lose this week? I can't see Alabama going one and two on the year, mm. but I think it's going to happen. Ole Miss. Wait goes, a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, Alabama two and one. Alabama is two and one. All right. I can't see them being two and two, <laughs> but guess what? They are going to be two and two after this week. This is our Ole college. Miss. This is our college football guy, Coach Chandler Honeycutt. He is so he is so confused right now that our listeners are confused. Well, here's what I'm going to say: Ole Miss goes to t- Title Town and beats Alabama on the road. I can see Lane Kiffin with some sort of smart remark after the win. Uh, Ole Miss, uh, their fans uh having fun like texas did a couple of weeks ago so i'm going to go old miss alabama chandler you are one of the few in the top 10 i'm sorry alabama's not in the top 10 we're doing our top 25 pick first we're building a little drama oh you changed it up old miss uh beating top 25 alabama chandler not a lot of people have prospered picking against nick saban in alabama you are one of those few people though my I friend am. And uh, you are the Saban I, whisperer. I feel like I missed my chance a couple of weeks ago uh, with Texas on the road at Alabama. Um, so I'm going to throw a, throw out. A, uh, I'm going to take a risk here and go Ole Miss over Alabama. All right, Coach Mack, who's your top 25 team you have losing this week? Colorado, easy pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, big underdog. I'm going kind of the easy route too, and. Coach, I hope you're right about this team. I, I, I want to see them be a factor this year. Uh, I'm going to go Penn State to beat Iowa on Saturday night. Iowa, my top 25 team to lose. Penn State, we didn't talk about them much in the kind of marquee game. I did mention it, but you like the, the Nittany Lions to keep it going Saturday night? I do, and I uh, felt pretty strongly about that, but uh, didn't feel – I feel strongly about both those games. I think we both win all right fair enough everybody is a winner all right i'm interested to see if anybody goes outside of ohio state notre dame here for this pick you've got a few options on the board could baylor take down texas could trent dilfer beat georgia between the hedges no um but there are some other options out here so chandler your top 10 team if i was you chandler I would reverse history and and jump back on board with the Clemson Tigers right now and say they're going to beat Florida State. I think that would make for great radio. I think that would make you a legend if it happened. 
But that's just if I was you. But I'm not you. You're your own man. Ask me deal or no deal. Deal or no deal? No deal. I'm not going with the Tigers. All right. Who you got? I kind of don't want to go. I I mean, I was – look, all day long I've been thinking about Colorado – Mm. going to Oregon, <laughs> really do it. stamping on, you know, putting a stamp on college football and saying, all right, we are no joke. We are going to uh, fight our way to a playoff spot. Do it. Then I was like, hmm, maybe I can just – I can see Notre Dame winning at home and saying, all right, we're a playoff team. Sam Hartman's the real deal. Marcus Freeman is a real f- college football coach. I'm going back to the Colorado route. I'm jumping on the Colorado train. Wow. I'm going with Prime and the Buffaloes. I say they go on the road. They cause havoc uh, against Bo Nix and the Ducks. Give me Colorado. Give me Prime time. We're coming. I like your guts, Chandler. Coach Mack, who's your top 10 team to lose? I don't have those kind of guts. I'm going to go with Notre Dame, even though Sam Hartman could absolutely ruin my night. All right, so I'm looking at that game, too. As you can hear my the tone of my voice, I'm already – I already know I'm about to lose this one. So, Ohio State kind of sleepwalking through the first couple weeks, 23-3 to against Indiana, 35-7 to against Youngstown State. They opened it up against Western Kentucky. But we talked last week, Coach Mack, that, like, if you made a playoff right now, you'd have to slide Notre Dame in there for what they've done, who they've beat, how they've looked – um i ah boy i'm gonna go ahead and give it a shot i'm gonna go with hartman and the golden domers to beat ohio state that line is buckeyes by three on the road coming up saturday night on nbc i just hope i hope it's a classic i hope it's a great game uh but i'm gonna go against you coach what's your confidence level in ohio state beating notre dame how do you feel about the game itself 51%. Right. So you're pretty, pretty, yeah, on the fence there. <laughs> I, I hope it's a good one. I'm going to take uh, Notre Dame. I'm going to trust Sam Hartman to keep it going and to knock off the Ohio State. I feel like both of these teams in in, pre, in recent years have kind of, they haven't won the, the big one. They've won a lot of games, but haven't won the big one. Ohio State, kind of guilty of that. So oregon state and washington state will be a pretty good game i feel like too both undefeated teams both top, in the top we mentioned 25. it yeah it's i mean it's a great slate of games chan man as a college football guy you should be all over it i am all over it. College football for the whole show and we haven't even mentioned the very best team in college football right now washington washington 3-0 at home against california they're a 21 point favorite 10 30 on espn but they're, they're the best team in college football right now the most complete team that is interesting. I don't know if people wrote Penix off necessarily, but over 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, one pick right now. And I guess, Coach, what makes them the best in your – using your words is they they are a complete team, offense and defense. Yeah, and, and they you know, Penix has played as, as good as any quarterback or better than any quarterback in the country. They haven't – they haven't had a game where you thought, gosh, they, they didn't they didn't really get after it. They're just blowing everybody out. Uh, Jamie says, is Chandler the Lee Corso of this show? <laughs> Not so fast, my friend. Uh, 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 God, I wish we had some headgear. Well, I mean, your head kind of looks like a mascot <laughs> head. 
<laughs> I love you, Chandler. Just playing with you, buddy. Coach Mack, good stuff. Uh, anything else before we wrap it up? No, thanks. Uh, look forward to Go Pirates. Beat the Bulldogs. Oh, yeah. The wins are about to come. Right, get get ready, people. Coach Mack called it. From 0-3 to 8-1. and Here we go. Coach, enjoyed it, man. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, there he is, Mac McCarthy. What do you think, Mac McCarthy? Do you think Mac McCarthy ever looks at him, his life, and says, "I've done this. I've I've gone. I've gone Sweet Sixteen runs. I've won all these games." He's a Hall of Famer at Chattanooga. I'm, a, I'm in multiple Hall of Fames. I've written a book, and I'm I a, uh, a regular on Pirate. And Live. every Tuesday, for an hour, I talk to these absolute boneheads. Think he ever says that to himself? Yeah, I mean, I feel like every day or every Tuesday he comes in here and kind of he may, he realizes like when he walks in, goes, "What am I doing with my life? Yeah, I, what I, am I doing with my Hall of Fame life? I am so above this, but uh, I'm better than this. <laughs> I'm better than them. I'm better than everybody. All right, um, boy, Bradley, I I, I don't know, man. I, what's bradley saying relax what, what, what's bradley saying <laughs> he's, he's the new kevin spamming the youtube chat uh-huh. with just nonsense stuff <laughs> um by the way we had to start a new feed joey said he likes my hat he said that hat re- this hat really resembles your personality looks good on you though might be your new color well i don't understand what he's saying there what are you saying joey can you speak i don't like subtext i need you to just tell me straight up what do you what do you mean what are you feeling what are you saying matter of fact tomorrow you can say it to my face to my face say it to my face say it to my face i watched a little football with uh joey and chandler last night i watched the first half of panther saints at aj mcmurphy's and not only did you have an absolute dud of a game offensively, a field goal fest? You had me there. I was trying to be supportive, but... No, I noticed last night that you were, like, clapping after big plays, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I really do. Mixing in uh, a few liners here and there, though. And you also had Jenny uh, talking the entire time. Yeah. Now, that's how I want to enjoy my NFL Right in the game. middle of the game, she wants to, like, bring up something, like... <laughs> Just and, hey, and she wants people to tell me a story. I'm like, hey, look, I'm watching a Carolina Panthers game. football game, we got the game right on. now. And I'm sorry, Doug. I want to listen to your story, but not right now. Yeah, Doug, yeah. tell him the story. No, Doug, don't tell me the story. <laughs> it's third and eight. The only story I want you to tell me is that if the Panthers score and you know about it, how do they score? Love but wait, they didn't score. Love you, Jenny um elliot said hey clip what's the line for the game now this is kind of funny so yesterday i believe our source brought it up to us that it was like three four and a half three and a half four and a half now between uh what's the um bet um bet some bet oh my god spit it out corso uh it doesn't matter fanduel okay it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because mgm Will you stop? Because it doesn't. (laughs) Because I read on um, message boards, Twitter, and the like 
that that was an old basketball line <laughs> that everybody was looking at. A screenshot of an old basketball line. Have you seen that, Chandler? No. That's news to me. <laughs> that is funny. Um, so, Elliot, to answer your question, I have not seen a line oh. that is legit. I have heard that everything going around yesterday, I've read that that was a college basketball line. It's an old baseball baseball line. So I don't know what's true and what's not true, but I will uh, I will try to find that, and I know our great audience will see it somewhere and pass it along. So if anybody, yeah, I usually do FCS lines later in the week, um, but if you do see it available anywhere. I know what I could look at is probably uh, Odd Shark. That'll at least give us something to look at. Shark? Uh, you know, uh, a website like Odd Shark. We need to take a break as well. So, Chandler. How about we do this? When we come back, what do we have going on? Uh, I was going to do a quick Fleet Feet rundown recap last night's uh, football action. Okay. I was going to see if we can grab the Phil Steel and see what the line was for ECU garner webb back in 2019 in mike houston's first year i can tell you this odd shocks odd shock. doesn't have a spread but it does have a predicted score do you want to hear it sure can i take a guess all right yeah ecu 24 um gardner webb uh 13 you hit one of those scores exactly right ecu 24 Gardner Webb, thirty-two. <laughs> uh oh. Whoa. Oh. Oh wow. Ooh. Good gracious. Ooh. Man, Odd Shark. So uh, Odd Shark no. So Odd Shark has the Pirates going zero and four on the season. Yeah, losing by eight to Gardner Webb. <laughs> wow. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one. Got the Mully Man hour two. Got Phil Constantino from Gardner Webb joining us hour two as well. A lot more to go. Pirate Radio Live. And I uh, want to hear from you as well in the YouTube chat, Facebook chat. Back with you with more after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, Pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Caleb Stroud of Stroud's Marine grew up on the water and has loved boating his entire life. That's why in 2012 he decided to give back to the marine community by creating a way for boaters to order pre-owned salvage marine parts online. Stroud Marine was born to offer incredible prices and unparalleled customer service. Their mission is to save you money and get you back on the water as quickly as possible. Visit StroudsMarine.com today for more information. Stroud's Marine, your best source for salvaged outboard parts. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. 
All right, thank you, Chandler. All yeah, right. yeah, a little Metallica. Let's get to our Fleet Feet rundown. Brought to you by Fleet Feet. Make sure your feet are feeling comfortable this football season. Go see uh, Chris London over there at Fleet Feet. They've got that great one-on-one service, that 3D foot scanner. Hey, Clip. What's on the Fleet Feet rundown? Uh, Monday night recap. Because we're going to have to go pretty brief here so we can take a break. And we can talk about those ugly, ugly football games from last night. Starting with Chan's Carolina Panthers who just struggled to move the football. And I've been here before. That NFL college stack, when it don't go, when when it's ugly. And boy, is it ugly right now for the offenses of East Carolina and for Carolina. It is uh... no relief for you, Chandler looking at the carolina panthers offense and the east carolina pirates offense there's not much difference when it comes to rhythm when it comes to productivity when it comes to missed opportunities um man that was just very disappointing because i felt like i saw enough last week in atlanta where we were going to make adjustments and and improve from the mistakes that we had made into last night's game against the saints and that i didn't see that i didn't and then Bryce Young still, you know, was able to kind of escape the pocket a few times last night and make some good runs, made some good throws, also made some bad throws. And then there was one time where he just didn't have uh, any awareness of what was going on around him, uh, and the ball was knocked out. And that that one's that one's um, really because Von Bell had an interception, and you're thinking, all right, that's what we needed to get this offense going. Defense leads to offense. And then you have that fumble happen, and that was one of the missed opportunities for the Carolina Panthers last night. They just could not get anything going. And it's kind of like ECU football in the sense of your defense is playing well enough to win the game, but your offense is not picking up your defense, and it really stinks. Really, really stinks. Um, we Let's get back to that in a moment. Just heard from Mike Mullis that we're going to have to give him a call. He will not be in studio. No Mac, no Mully in the studio. Bryce Williams better show up, or I'm going to be real upset. Dang. He better take Dang. his butt here into this studio. To Bostia. Pike said, Chandler, can you imagine us playing North Carolina A&T and Owen Daffer kicking a field goal to beat us? That is how bad this season could go. If. In other words, I don't think we can win a game. Hmm, well said. Was Owen it? Daffer is at A&T? yeah i, I knew that but i just don't know i guess he's saying i don't know what he's trying to say i don't know i think troy Dreyfus just took over pike's account today it's because he said he wanted to could you imagine <laughs> could you imagine could you imagine i just thought of owen daffer skateboarding all over the uh a&t campus and then having <laughs> no idea what that white boy is doing <laughs> <laughs> what that white boy doing over there he's a kicker man kickers are different uh newton said espn has ecu as a 95 percent chance to win yeah i was looking for um you know odds and whatever and i did see on odd shark they actually have uh carter webb winning the game 32 to 24 it's tough to see tough to witness can you go back and see what predictions they've had this year and see if they got them right i could but i won't just to see how maybe they're bad at predictions uh daffer four out of five on the year one out of two extra points too soon ron 
he said wish him the best but don't miss him you don't have to say that why do you say that why now why would he say now, that why would he say that man we could use a field goal and an extra point last year week one against nc state right now we just need points period touchdowns period point blank end of discussion let's take a break when we return the mully man will join us via the pirate radio live line we'll get back to our fleet feet rundown talk more monday night football talk more ecu football when we return on pirate radio live back with you after this listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by the kt pub group featuring great local places to eat like the sidebar and christie's euro pub follow them on social media for the latest specials and more now back to the show welcome back to the program are you an outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential copy pro has been in eastern north carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year and they need and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. And coming up on Saturday, September 23rd at 7.30 a.m., get your game day started with the game day run uh, with property by Fleet Feet. Uh, sign up today at www.runsignup.com. Uh, coming up this Saturday. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right. The old internet where you go to websites, www. Chandler, you're the manler. Thank you. You're welcome. Joey says, a whole lot of studs on the screen. Jamie said, if ECU was winning, Mac McCarthy and Mike Mullis would be in the studio. You think it's just uh, 0 and 3, why show up? One of those situations, Jamie? Is that what's going on? Hey, uh, Richard and Shane said, we'll see tomorrow, AJ McMurphy's sports trivia. Let's go, baby. You know what? Um, Shane and Richard, if that's the case, I might I might do a New York round just for you guys. Maybe some New York uh, sports trivia. Throw in a little hockey as well. All right, let's head out to the uh, Pirate Radio Live Line. Eric, I am enjoying your NFL talk in the chat, and I will get back to that in a moment. Um because i do want to talk some nfl today but uh and we will do that with mike mullis who joins us today on pirate radio live mully how you doing today man good buddy how are you doing good enjoyed uh saturday with the watch party had fun for a while there mully it was a entertaining college football game and one that east carolina was winning on into the second half but once again uh second half gets away from them that's two straight weeks and mike houston uh houston was actually asked about that today getting beat in the second half these last two games against marshall and app state so we'll hear those comments uh coming up later on but uh mully we uh had fun on saturday despite the loss yeah i tell you what and it's uh that's uh education watching the game with uh with with marcus and and jay nick and i mean it, it is a uh and i mean that's like being in the you know in the film room those guys breaking stuff down it was it was awesome 
no doubt uh really enjoyed it uh jason nichols has been a an early season mvp and plus you get the knowledge and aspect of marcus crandall and you cannot go wrong uh with either one and i'm just there kind of throwing in one-liners checking in with the chat and and uh staying out of the way basically of those guys talking shop when it comes to pirate football molly uh what did you think of alex flynn did he do enough to continue as the starting quarterback do you want to go back to mason garcia what does uh mike houston and company do when they take on gardner webb Man, I mean, I don't think there's a choice uh, or a decision needs to be made there. I mean, obviously, I think Flynn's your guy. It's just, you know, it's kind of a – it's not kind of – it's a low bar, right? Like, we're we're feeling pretty good about a guy with, you know, through three picks. And yeah. two of them the exact same play. So, but, but the one minute that Garcia got in during the, uh, you know, the Flynn injury um, – God, it was for one minute. It was so hairy that I can't imagine doing that for four quarters. Like it was, you know, he 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 still has that deer in the headlights kind of look, and and he's just. I mean, it's just not there. I mean, it's you know, maybe 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 he plays another spot. I mean, he's a great athlete. Maybe you put him somewhere else on the field, but uh, as it as it relates to him being the quarterback, I just don't see it. Yeah, and again, looks good running the football. Um, and and that's kind of the only bright spot when it comes to Mason Garcia right now when he's been in the game. And I totally agree with you, Molly. I don't think I've ever said when asked, all right, who's your quarterback? Who do you want to roll with? Give me the guy that threw three interceptions and no touchdowns. I've never said that phrase before, but it's accurate right now. I think Alex Flynn, even though the Pirates only put up 14 on the board offensively, showed more, I think, than, than Mason Garcia. And, and the offense, at least at times on Saturday, looked like a, a competent offense moving the football out there. And I'm going to tell you, that first drive, I mean, we're all kind of looking around like, did, I mean, was that a 75-yard you know, drive? And everybody's kind of looked like, okay, you know, here we go. And, I mean, I, I walked in studio, and the first thing I said was like, hey, I love the Flynn move. You know, it was announced like, what, three hours before game time? I was like, hey, I love the Flynn move. I think it changes how I feel about this game. You know, I really like our chances, and and I don't know, and I made the comment, I don't know that I like our chances to necessarily win this game, but I thought for sure it, we, you know, we would cover the nine points and it would be, it would be a really competitive ball game to the wire, and um, it just got away. I mean, it just got away again, and, you know, it's kind of interesting when things are going south uh, when you hear, you know, Coach Houston's perspective and, and reasoning when he says, you know, we have two two defensive scores, and he says, what's the bad side about a defensive scores? It means the defense has to go right back out there. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, I we you, you can't you can't lament the fact that you had a you know two defensive scores. Yeah, it's unfortunate, I guess, that you have to go back out, but that's that's more of a personnel matter, right? Like you have to have bodies to be able to do that and. Uh, so I, you know, I think it's just the whole thing is in a really interesting, uh, even you know, awfully precarious place, and um, I just, I, I don't know. It's 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 still one of those deals where I keep saying, I I don't want to admit what I think I know, but then you go, well, maybe we'll see them turn around this weekend. Well, they certainly should turn around this weekend. They're playing the lesser of the opponents that they played. Not that this is a bad football team, yeah. but I, you know, but I don't know. I don't know what will, again, if we, if this weekend's a route, we win big. Does that, 
does that make everybody feel better or mm. is that a we that's what we were supposed to do i would say no i would say you need to beat a come back and went on the road against a conference opponent like rice and people start to feel a little bit better and my path to just having exciting football in 2023 at ecu i said it yesterday it's a very short path all it takes is a win over gardner webb and then going on the road and beating rice at that point you're two and three and you've got a thursday night home football game against smu where people can get excited about something and try to go to two and oh in conference try to get back to 500 it's a pretty short path molly we're in a dark place right now but uh, we can get it back now right now we haven't won a single game and i'm asking them to go out and win two in a row so it could be a tall task i'll say this about gardner webb too that the good good news east Carolina's not going to take them for granted uh, or look past them because they can't afford to do that about anybody but gardner webb's coming in here molly saying oh and three east carolina we um we hung in with app state app state beat them like they're coming in thinking they can win this game that's that's kind of scary as well yeah and they're coming off a a, a log i mean one of those really gut-wrenching 50-yard field goal to lose a football game uh, so, I mean, I, I, you have all, all indication and all idea that they're, they're going to show up ready to go. And it's it's still the opportunity for just based off conference and, and affiliation, it's still a chance to beat Big Brother. And, and, and quite honestly, uh, as sad as this may sound, from a recruiting standpoint, they're going to be quite potentially in a recruit in recruiting battles for the, some of the same kids that East Carolina is probably going to be after. I mean, it's, it's sad but true. So, does, you know, is it, how big of a deal is it there? And I, I know that for the App, Stan, uh, App State uh, coaching staff and their recruiting effort, that was a huge win for them. And, it's you know, it starts to give them the tell that, uh, that they've kind of, you know, taken a spot up on East Carolina. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a scary thing for the future of the program. J-Man, hit me one time. The stats to consider. Johnny Stats has a couple of stats for us on Facebook. It says, ECU, Chandler, to answer your question, a 31-point favorite against Gardner-Webb back in 2019. His other stat, Mason Garcia has 43 pass attempts. His longest completion this season is 14 yards. Yards. So there's a couple of stats from Johnny Robertson, a.k.a. Johnny Stats, who we saw at the last ECU football game at halftime mike mullis joining us on the pirate radio uh, live line mully um i'm sure you've seen the letter from john gilbert the from the helm you've been involved in athletics uh as a coach and have you know had athletic directors and things like that to talk to answer to you also just following sports your whole life know the dreaded vote of confidence uh, we see a lot in pro sports where the owner comes out and says this is our guy and then two weeks later he's fired um i think this was a bit different again i think this is more of john gilbert saying hey everyone we realize this stinks nobody is happy where we are um i also think mike houston is going to take a different approach when it comes to how he addresses the fans and some of the things he says and has said in the past about go fly kite casual fan needs to wake up uh, all that stuff. I, I think uh, maybe a different tone when you're zero and three here, struggling. So, uh, but what did you make uh, of the AD coming out after a zero and three start and and his statement? Uh, I thought the timing was a little questionable. Uh, I, I meaning it's man, like early in the season to be doing that, or what do you mean? Yeah, let, let's see. You know, you're going into a game again, a game that you should win, right? So. Let, let's winning cures all. Yeah, 
So let's go, let's go through that game. We, we, you know, we win that football game, especially looking better, you know, looking like a less penalized, more efficient uh, football team. Then maybe you don't have to make that statement, right? Then maybe you can put that one back in the holster and, and not have to fire that bullet till some other time. Uh, I, I don't take as much away. I mean, listen, let's all face it. Um, East Carolina's not in the financial position to make a change at the head coach, nor do I feel like uh, is that's needed. I, I think Mike's the right guy. I think, honestly, I think if, if anything, um, you know, maybe they missed on some kids. And look, I, I think I've I, I think I've said this to you, and I don't know if I said it on the air, but having been a guy that recruited, uh, I, I've I've been there where you think you're bringing guys into the building, they're going to immediately help you, and sometimes you miss. And, and and I'm not I'm not trying to give them an out, uh, and maybe the recruiting effort needs to be better. But the reality is that you know he's got what he's got in the building. He's got to go with it. So I, I thought you know that that was a little bit questionable. Matter of fact, I thought it was, it was questionable enough that I sent it to a very good friend of mine who's an athletic administrator at the Division One level and said, "Hey man, what do you think about this?" And he first thing he said was exactly what you said. He said, "Well, it looks like the kiss of death." Uh, when the athletic administration comes out in support of the coach, uh, we've seen that way too many times. But he, you know, he 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 kind of shared that sentiment, and he and I had a nice little conversation about it. And and it is, it's a really, um, I, I don't know, it, it's kind of like when somebody says uh, it's not about the money, or when somebody says, let me tell you the truth. I mean, all those things typically lead to things that are counter what the opening statement was. So I, I, obviously, I don't think. I mean, I don't think we have a decision to make as it relates to the head coach. They'll probably, I would be very surprised if, um, you know, depending on how the year kind of bears out, if there's not some some staff changes. And and again, I'm not one that 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 is a uh, a coach K Donny K basher because uh, you know that stuff is philosophically handed down from the head of the organization, which is which is the head coach. So. I think they, they obviously have some things to figure out. I, I think, um, you know, there's not but so many weeks that you can continue to say we've got a young offensive line or we've got, you know, we're trying to mesh. All those things are, are probably still true. Uh, but the reality is the penalties, the things, the self-inflicted wounds uh, have got to change. Those don't require great players uh, to have discipline. Um, and Yeah, and I, I just think, again, that, that – that letter probably was just enough to actually spurn along the fan base a little bit at a time where you probably need to just chill out. And as you said at the start of that, Molly, you need to win, and that can cure all and make you feel a little better, at least for a week. So that's what the Pirates have on their plate for Saturday. We'll be with you 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Uh, Mully, name redacted, and I used to go over recruiting years and in basketball and football. And uh, and Steve and I go before uh, hitting the transfer portal. We used to do that here on the show. He uh, recently did a write up, and Mully, there is one player on this roster uh, that was recruited out of high school in the 2021 class that is still on this roster. One player right. from the 2021 class recruited out of high school is still on this roster, Richard Pierce. And, and, and can we be really, really honest as a fan base and go, listen, in the day of the portal, in the day of the NIL dollars, 
it where where can you know at what point can East Carolina enter that pool? Like we're, we're working with limited funds. Uh, we're not going to you know I've heard the question a thousand times. Why haven't they gone and gotten a quarterback out of the portal? Well, quarterback play at East Carolina is not the only place that quarterback play is a premium. And if we're not in the market at the point at which we need to be financially, how do we think we bring in anything that's much better than what we've got? And maybe it is possible. Maybe you get a one-year grad guy. I mean, I I don't know the, the, the football portal intimately, but I would also think that if that's a coveted quarterback or a quarterback that has – a lot of film, good numbers. He he could quite honestly have an opportunity to go somewhere as a number two guy with a financial opportunity behind it that East Carolina just can't offer. So, I, I mean, I think there's so many factors that go into the recruiting process now that, that we've never seen before, and it's going to be difficult. Listen, I think the days the, – the, I think the, the most difficult days lie ahead uh, for East Carolina because if they make the decision to go – get these high school kids and cultivate these kids because they have a chance to win them, then you also run the risk that you're cultivating kids to leave your program to go help somebody else. Yeah. Play, you know, compete, compete in college football. It is super volatile and, and it's, it's shaky. However, I'm not asking to go 12 and 0. I'm not asking to go to Ann Arbor and beat Michigan. I am asking to beat Marshall at home and beat Appalachian state. And I mean, they have the same challenges we do. I, I would argue that I, I don't know that we know that clip I, because the NIL numbers are not made public. Or, you know, some of them obviously are when people you know hit these big ones, but I don't know that we. Do, do, I have no honestly, I have no idea what App State's working with, if anything. Nor do I know what Marshall's working with, if anything. And, and, that, and that would be that would be a curiosity that I would love to have answered. You know, I got a pretty good idea what East Carolina's working with, and I, I would just wonder if we're on par. And we may be. I, I don't know that. And if that becomes the case, if that vets out that yeah, hey, everybody spent two hundred thousand in the conference, whatever, whatever that number is, if that works out to be the case, then yeah, you know what, you got to you got to look at the at the guys on top. Well. I, yeah, we need Mystical to come ask everybody to show them, show them what you're working with, and we can find out those numbers. But I just don't think that they are superior. Uh, they, I don't know, man. Like we got to beat App State at Marshall. I look, and, and, and I'll use Duke as an example. I, I think uh, everyone would agree that for years we were on par, better than Duke, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Duke. Okay, well, Duke obviously ACC Duke. But Duke is a different type of ACC program, uh, at least in my eyes. Like, I could see them doing what they have to do to remain competitive in basketball. I can't see them making a huge NIL, NIL investment in football, but they have. Those kids are getting – again, this is what I've been told. Kids on that program, if you're on the program, if you're, you know, if you're in the program, you're getting no less than 30000 bucks. Well, that's a huge deal. And then you throw in, hey, I could play in the ACC – Hey, I, you know, again, Duke, what I'm saying is level of play, all four of the programs that you just mentioned are not that far apart. There are resources at places that we don't necessarily have. My point is if they felt strong enough to make the commitment at an institution like Duke, that helps to explain what you're seeing on the field for Duke. 
Eric, uh, who I believe is an App State guy, says App's quarterback came from San Francisco. Uh, maybe App's profile is enhanced a bit from beating Texas A&M. I don't know if they're still getting residuals from beating Michigan, but you know, winning those games. It's like when schools uh, win a game or two in the NCAA tournament, Molly, you see those enrollment numbers go up and and more of a, I don't know, more of a, a eyeballs and, and attention and things like that. So those national wins for App State uh, could be helping them as well. Yeah, and I would also question the admissions requirements for the Sun Belt as it relates to App specifically as opposed to what, you know, what players could get in at East Carolina, and that obviously, I mean, we have talked about that before, that that non-qualifier or that fringe uh, academic athlete um, can be very significant, you know, uh, on your roster. Molly Man joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Chandler, have you seen the video of Derek Brown going after Michael Thomas after the game last night? <laughs> I just saw that. Yeah, I just saw that too uh, before the show started. And, uh, so they're down in the tunnel, and Michael Thomas is kind of backpedaling, talking junk, I guess, to Derek Brown. And uh, Thomas turns the corner, and there is a point where he kind of is like, Scuffle. Uh-oh. And then uh, Derek Brown keeps going after him, and then you can't really see it's behind the corner, but it does look like a little scuffle after the game. That's the most action that was took place last night at that stadium. No doubt about it. It was uh, it was kind of a Molly, bummer. Molly, what do you think about the Panthers? <laughs> that boy, they look good. I tell you what, Bryce Young's worth everything we've given him, or you've given him, or they've given him. Uh, it's too early to say he's not the guy, but it is uh, it is brutal right now. It's not a good start. I think it's more that C.J. Uh-oh. Stroud looks like he could be a good guy than bryce young being like it's briar's remorse i think at least stroud had numbers i I don't know how much of that was garbage time because they were losing a lot of that game but at least you got something there and i guess you could say in garbage time last night bryce young let a drive got him a touchdown so they could kick an extra uh a, a onside kick but yeah that was rough last night Boy, Deshaun Watson looks like a shell of himself. He he had some big third downs to Amari Cooper, but man, he just he does not look right. He does not look like the guy in Houston Pittsburgh winning last night. And then I got a text from Mully two weeks ago. I love love this Sunday. Although I think it was a bit tongue in cheek. He said I hate love love. And then you said Mully that uh, actually had pretty good numbers in the game, but uh, the, your pack lose to the Falcons week two. Yeah, I, you know, and it, and the strength going into the season, you're like, oh, okay, defense. Look, if Love puts up three, we're going to win every game. Right. Well, Love puts up three, and we drop by one. I, you know, it's it's just I, NFL football. All these guys are really good. Uh, congratulations again to your uh, commanders. I mean, they 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 find a way. I swear, I thought they were going to lose that football game, but they uh, they find a way to to hang on and win another one. So good for you. Got Josh Allen and the Bills coming up this Sunday, Molly. All of a sudden, a uh, a big game in Washington. Going to be a lot of Bills mafia uh, in that house, but should be a really good crowd, I think, uh, in Maryland coming up on Sunday. Looking forward to that. All right, Molly, um, you and your boys stay up for prime on uh, Sunday morning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we we made it. Uh, we made it to the last play. It was all that we could do. We were all fighting it, but we made it and uh it was worth it uh you had shadur leading the what was it 99 yard drive or whatever yep and uh and going into overtime and uh eventually winning that game against colorado state awesome slate coming up this saturday 
Uh, I'm going to do my best to watch it all while anchoring the Bud Light pregame tailgate and the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. But just so many good games. I don't even know what the headliner is. I guess Notre Dame, Ohio State, but you got Clemson, Florida State, Colorado uh, on the road at Oregon, Bama, Ole Miss. That's interesting. Uh, So, man, just a great, great Saturday to watch some football this week. Yeah, well, you got seven seven games of nationally ranked opponents going at each other, and it's you know sometimes you can get nationally ranked opponents that still kind of whatever. But I, I'll tell you, man, that uh, that Notre Dame matchup that that I don't know that I've seen them play each other. I mean, I, yeah, it, it is seems like a yeah a, a really bizarre matchup. But but it that should be a I mean that should be a well of a game. I yeah I am really fired up, and as a matter of fact, my you know, the conversation around the house was, okay, you know, East Carolina goes at six, and if we try, you know, we, we, this game's at seven, and then you got this game at three. I mean, so it's it's a, uh, you know, and then you factor in the possibility of uh, of a little weather here in Greenville. I don't know, man. It's kind of a tough call, but, I, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a, good, uh, a good Saturday. Molly, man, appreciate you joining us. Hope we can get you in studio next week. That will be the plan as it was today, but sometimes, uh, sometimes life and work gets in the way. So we've been, we've been uh, down in the coal mine today, trying to make it happen. I understand that. Thank you, Molly. See you, bud. Okay, talk to you guys. There he is, Mike Mullis, joining us. Robert on uh, YouTube says it's all Jim Zoki's fault. I tell you what, poor Zokes. He has called uh, some rough football so far this season. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to him a little bit over uh, last night on my way home. And, uh, yeah, I thought about that, too, about how he hasn't seen a win <laughs> all season long between the Pirates and the Panthers, and hopefully that can change this week with East Carolina taking on Gardner-Webb and the Panthers going to the West Coast to face the Seattle Seahawks. Mm, all right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live. We continue on Hour 2 when we, can, uh, when we return. Phil Constantino, play-by-play voice of the Gardner Web Running Bulldogs. That's on the way right after these words. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by the KT Pub Group, featuring great local places to eat, like the Sidebar and Christie's Euro Pub. Follow them on social media for the latest specials and more. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Have you heard? Greenville Auto World is under new ownership and is now a part of the DriveHereNow.com network. DriveHereNow.com is run by local people who buy, service, detail, and sell everything directly to you. Greenville Auto World is now the fifth dealership to join DriveHereNow.com. Get car shopping today at DriveHereNow.com and choose a location near you. DriveHereNow.com, serving Eastern North Carolina for over 47 years and a proud supporter of the Pirates. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. A lot of Panthers hate going on in the YouTube chat right now. Bryce Young, Frank Reich, the organization, everybody in between. Tough 0-2 start uh, for Carolina. 
And Robert on Facebook says, will Watson be fine suspended for pushing the ref last night? I did not see that, so I just uh, searched it on X. And, well, so the ref is getting Watson away from a Steelers player. And Watson, how would I describe this? Takes his arm and moves him aside. Um, somewhat roughly, <laughs> I don't know. They're kind of locked up the ref and Watson with the ref holding him back and he pushes him to the side. Yeah. I mean, by the letter of the law, you're not supposed to put your hands on a ref. So if they want to go by the letter of the law, he should be fined. I would say, um, boy, a lot of tweets and jokes about that um a lot of people saying did he not even get a flag for it i would think you would uh you would get a a fine for that robert would be my answer all right um let's head out to the pirate radio live line get you ready for east carolina and gardner webb with the play-by-play voice of the running bulldogs he is phil constantino joining us today on pirate radio live phil how you doing man clip it's good to be with you again and I think during the summer we mentioned this. I'm not letting this phone uh, call end without restaurant recommendations for the weekend in Greenville. Sure. Just so you know. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll throw a few out your way, no doubt. Uh, right now, Phil, uh, East Carolina looking for a W, 0-3 coming into this game. And Gardner-Webb sitting at 1-2. and two. And last week going into the Tennessee State game, I saw that Gardner-Webb was receiving votes. Uh, basically, I think 28th in the FCS poll, if you want to look at it that way, 27th, 28th, something like that. Uh, but a, um, a heartbreaker to Tennessee State losing 27-25. to 25. So uh, what happened on uh, Saturday there, Phil? And, and how tough is that right there when you're on the fringe of getting that, that number beside your name? Well, I think about the rankings, I think some folks around the program were disappointed because they were ranked in the preseason poll, uh, played really well against Appalachian State in week one, had a late third quarter lead on them, let it get away in the fourth quarter, beat Elon at home in week number two, a team that finished last year ranked 17th in the country, uh, was a playoff team last year and very well could be a playoff team again this year. They're They've become one of the perennial powers uh, in the area in FCS football. So I think going into last week's game, um, there were some folks around the program rather disappointed that they weren't back up in the poll and that they were only receiving votes in the poll. Uh, That said, they certainly didn't play like they deserved to be in the poll. Uh, And anyone around the program will tell you that. Coach Trey Lamb will tell you that. I was with him post-game. I haven't seen him that disappointed after a loss. Uh, probably ever. Uh, He and I have been together uh, since he got here four years ago. Um, So it it just, it was an uncharacteristic performance. They, over the course of Trey Lamb's tenure here, you've watched a program that has gone from losing habits to championship habits. Uh, He's really built a program uh, from a football program prior to him that, that was overwhelmingly um, at best average during, during their division one history. And he built them into a championship program. They won the Big South last year. They went to the FCS playoffs. And they did that off of you know, the traditional cultural elements of a program that you would expect. Uh, discipline, fundamentals, uh, making the key plays at the right moment. Um, but I counted six drop passes last game. Uh, there were missed assignments last game. Um, 
you know, field goal kicker who's been overwhelmingly reliable, um, misses two field goals. One may have gotten blocked. One of them was a, a short one that hits an upright. There was an all-conference long snapper that snapped a punt uh, snap over the punter's head that led to a seven-yard field and a touchdown. Uh, after a safety, there was a kickoff in which they let the ball land like a punt, and no one picked up the ball, and Tennessee State pounced on it. I don't know if they weren't aware of the of the kickoff rule or, or, or what, uh, but it was uncharacteristic mental gaffes to go along with penalties at untimely spots, roughing the passer calls. Their first pass interference call against their defense came uh, on the final drive of the game, the first pass interference call against a defensive back this season. Um, and so it was just uncharacteristic, undisciplined, untimely plays um, on, a, on an average day. And Tennessee State's a decent program. Eddie George has built a pretty good program. On an average day, Gardner-Webb's probably two touchdowns better than them. Um, and they gave them every opportunity. And I've been doing this long enough to know you, you make an error, you're probably going to allow a run that inning. And you make enough of those errors in a football game, you're you're gonna you're probably gonna end up losing the football game. And they lost on a 50 yard field goal in the final seconds to lose by two. Yeah, hard breaker for Gardner Webb, dropping them to one and two on the year. Phil, just looking at the stats overall, and we'll get into some of the players. But it, it, it's crazy to me looking across the stat board at, at how even it is Gardner Webb and opponents right now. And talking about a discrepancy of, of five first downs between Gardner Webb and and opponents so far. Um, the, the, the total offense is, is very similar, even down to the time of possession, which is like 31 to 29, basically overall, everything, everything seems kind of razor thin right now. They kind of look like a 500 team. So what is the separator for Gardner Webb? You kind of talked about the bad there with the mistakes and the, the, the penalty, the, uh, the, the unforced errors. How about on the good side of things, where can Gardner Webb separate themselves from, from opponents? Well, well, I'll say this first, the, about all of those numbers. The margins are razor thin, and I think the coaching staff would tell you that it has been through three games an underwhelming performance. Hmm. Um, obviously, there was the, the close loss to App State. I think the score is not necessarily indicative of how close that game was played. Uh, and then there, um, there was the win over Elon, but they were up 14 with six minutes left made costly mistakes to squander the lead, and then they had to put together a game-winning drive to win it with 14 seconds left to win by a touchdown. So you are right. The margins have been razor thin. Um, the schedule has been hard. That always happens. Uh, Tennessee State was a conference game. Um, but the schedule has been hard when you're at the situation that Gardner-Webb is in, at the level that Gardner-Webb is at. You're going to play two games against FBS competition, and they're doing that in the first four games this year. Plus FCS, uh, plus some high-end FCS competition such as Elon. So the schedule has been hard. The margins are razor thin. I get that. Uh, I, I would say the one area that Trey Lamb has consistently said has been really good and has been the separator is defensively. Uh, and if you look at the points per game total that they have allowed, um, twenty-seven to Elon, uh, forty-five to App State, twenty-seven to Tennessee State. Um, at face value, the total points allowed doesn't seem like a great number. But when you consider the pace that Gardner-Webb plays with, the fact that they're aiming for 90 to 100 snaps a football game, that the defense is on the field quite a bit, uh, in Trey Lamb's eyes, they should be scoring doubles at every single game. So if they've had one calling card that has kept them in these games, and uh, that if anything has helped them win these games in timely spots, it has been the defense. The defense made all the big plays the other day versus Tennessee State. Sack on the opening play of the game, 
Uh, there was a safety in there on a tackle by Ty Anderson off a of blitz. Uh, there was uh, interception by Josiah Wright that at the time seemed like it was going to seal the game in the final couple of minutes. All of the real big plays have been from the defense this year. Talking to Phil Constantino, he joins us here on the Pirate Radio Live Line as we get set for East Carolina and Gardner-Webb. Our pregame coverage begins Saturday at 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. And, of course, we're with you after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. As you can imagine, Phil, uh, we have had some long, late call-in shows after the Pirates dropping three games to start the season. So, uh, East Carolina's hungry for a win right now, Phil, and, and they will not take... Uh, Gardner-Webb lightly. They can't take anybody lightly, but also Gardner-Webb kind of licking their chops, looking at East Carolina like 0-3. This team has offensive deficiencies. Uh, Gardner-Webb's going to come in here expecting to win, I would imagine, Phil. Well, and we talked about this during the summer, and the Appalachian State game is only further proof of that. In these FBS games under Trey Lamb, Gardner-Webb is 0-6. Lost to Georgia Southern. I believe that was a five-point loss a couple years ago. A blowout loss to UNC Charlotte that year. Uh, last year, there were three losses. It was a one-touchdown game most of the way versus Marshall. Lost by four to Coastal Carolina with the ball driving in on the final drive and through a pick. Lost by one to Liberty in a very similar situation. So if you think about that, there, and, then, and then the Appalachian State game this year. So there are six FBS games in the four seasons under Trey Lamb. They have been in the game in five of them. They've had a legitimate chance to compete and win in five of them. And you can argue they probably should have won three of them. So they're looking at an 0-3 East Carolina team like, absolutely, this is an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, it's not to say that they're going to go there and win. Uh, obviously, you know the difference between FBS, FCS. Everyone does. The, the number of scholarships, everyone knows that. Uh, it is a tall task, and any time it happens, it's memorable. And Sacramento State just did it to Stanford last week. Um, and Sacramento State is a heck of an FCS program, and Stanford just took their coach last year. <laughs> so, um, to put that in perspective, so it, it, it is a, it is a hard task. There's no question about it. It's not to say that anybody thinks they're going to go there and win for sure, uh, but there is definitely a feeling as if they 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 could have beaten Appalachian State going into that game. They knew they could beat Appalachian State, and I think the same thing. Uh, they feel the same thing. I should say about East Carolina. They can win this game, and if anything, that Tennessee State loss has refocused them, and they kind of needed it because, as I as I told you a, a moment ago, you know, it, it has not been performance-wise. Yeah, the record's one and two, not terrible, but performance-wise, it has not been the start of the season that I think the reigning conference champs expected. Yeah, talking to Phil Constantino. Phil, before the season, I talked to Emory Hunt from CBS Sports HQ, and we talked all things college football. He covers and, and calls a lot of games on the FCS level, so I, every year I always ask him about our FCS opponent and ask him about Gardner-Webb, and the first thing he said and the thing that really stood out to me was, remember the name uh, Gaither. Uh, just remember that name and and watch him go uh, when he comes to Greenville to play at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, and right now uh, that running back has 294 yards on the year and a touchdown but a big performance against tennessee state and uh i know he's on the the walter payton watch list and uh he's going to be fun to watch on saturday so so how about gay through the running back and also some other skill guys to watch out for on saturday yeah well nari gaither is an all former all-american uh fifth year player it was it was huge news in the offseason when uh he decided that he was going to come back and not try and pursue a 
a pro career and use that that extra year that he had from back during the pandemic. Um, if I'm being honest, I don't know that his performance has quite been um, as expected. And just just watching him, and this isn't anything I got from the coaching staff. This is just my own personal opinion in, in watching him and doing his games. Um, the first two games of the year, the App State game and the Elon game, he felt a little slow. Um, he had struggled with injuries in the past. Um, he missed two years ago. He missed the vast majority of the season uh, due to nagging injuries. And so in these scrimmages and the practices, his reps were, I think, a little bit limited. Not because he's injured at all. He's perfectly healthy. Uh, but just as a precautionary measure because he knows the system. He knows what's expected of him. And he wants to uh, – they, they want to be able to unleash him during the season. And I, I wonder if the lack of some of those reps maybe uh, made him come out of the gate a little bit sluggish. Uh, maybe he was sucking a little more wind than he normally would. Uh, and quite frankly, he did not have a great game against Appalachian State. Uh, he picked it up a little bit versus Elon, and, and you just have to look at the numbers. He rushed for 88 yards, and he rushed for a little, little over half of that in the first game, but he rushed for 88 yards versus Elon. And then he exploded against Tennessee State. Now, I still think the coaching staff wants more from him in the passing game as a receiver. Uh, a couple of those drop passes um, that I mentioned to you before, Nari Gaither dropped those passes. Uh, and he would tell you that he needs to play a little bit better. But in the running game, he had some explosive runs. And I think he's starting to find his legs a little bit. I think he's starting to find his stride a little bit. Again, just, just my impression of it, uh, that that's how it feels. And if he gets going, um, he's he, he gets unleashed. It's... It, the the ceiling is is huge. Um, that said, uh, it, you could also make an argument that their two best players on offense are their two running backs. And Coach Lamb has put this on tape a little bit over the first couple of games, experimenting with two running backs in a game, uh, something that they haven't traditionally done. And I wonder how much we'll see that more and more going forward. And that other running back is Jaden Brown. Uh, he was um, a great player as a freshman last year, sort of burst onto the scene, uh, and they're expecting him to make an uh, equally as big of a jump this year uh, as a sophomore. So um, last game, the bulk of the carries went to Gaither. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the East Carolina game we look at the box score and, and Jaden Brown has more carries than, than Nari Gaither does. And that, that's simply because it's um, it's just a matter of, that's the way it, it played out. You know, it's not it's not necessarily anything intentional that they are looking to do. Uh, it's just a matter of who's in the game, who finds success on their drive, uh, et cetera. But both of those guys will get a heavy dose. Both of those guys will play. Gaither, I think he's got about twice as many attempts as Brown this year. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He does about twice as many attempts as Brown. That, that sounds right. Um, he'll be the first option. But, but keep an eye on Jaden Brown and keep an eye on those running backs as a whole. Uh, because they might be the two most talented players on that offense. And Pirate fans, be on the lookout for number eight, a familiar name, Nemo Squire, an East Carolina transfer. And Nemo yep. uh, has two carries on the year, it looks like, Phil. And uh, who knows, maybe he gets in on the one-yard line to try to score against his former team. Coaches like to do that sometimes. Well, sounds like, uh, it sounds like you've also watched tape on when Nemo Squire's handoffs have been uh, <laughs> have been given this year. There you go. Uh -oh. So, so uh, yeah, might see uh, Nemo, the former Pirate, uh, running against the Pirates this weekend. All right, um, Phyllis, let's, uh, let's kind of wrap it up here, talk a little special teams. East Carolina has been 
this is kind of bad. Our best department so far has probably been the punting, um, Phil, and you, you never like to say that, but uh, it, it was a weakness last year, been a strength of the Pirates. How about special teams-wise for Gardner-Webb? If this is a close game, Gardner-Webb has played all this, all these FBS teams close. They've been in close games so far this year, so it could come down to a kick to a special teams play. How's Gardner-Webb doing on that side of things? Yeah, well, Jay Billingsley's four of six on field goal attempts this year. He missed one last game that I think it, it came out low. Um, I think it got blocked. I, I just watching it, the trajectory of the ball. I think it got blocked, so I'm not going to blame him for that one. And then he, uh, you know, knocked one off the upright that missed uh, on the other attempt. So uh, Jay Billingsley as the kicker. I mean, his range high forties. I don't, I don't, 50 might, might be pushing it a little bit. Um, his career long is, uh, 47. So, um, th- they feel confident in Jay Billingsley, uh, Austin Henley, the punter, a little bit of, of a question mark in that, um, he just wasn't punting the ball well earlier in the season. Um, he had, a a couple of just shanks for lack of a better, a better way to, to phrase it against Appalachian state. Um, but last game against Tennessee State, I thought he had a really good game, and he punted the football 10 times, um, average 35, long of 51, just, but consistently just kept pounding it down the field without, without those bad punts, consistently kept flipping the field, uh, including before uh, what ended up being um, Tennessee State's final drive. Um, I thought he had, put him in a, he had put the defense in a good spot to be able to hold Tennessee State out of field goal range and, and ultimately give Gardner-Webb a chance to win that game, and at the time of that punt, they led by by one point, 25-24. So I think they feel confident in the in the kicking game and the punting game. Uh, it t- it's taken a couple of games for those to come around. Billingsley is a known commodity. So is Henley. You know, they were with the team last year. I will say on, on the punting side, they had a lethal weapon uh, in Bailey Fisher, their former uh, quarterback who was the Big South player of the year last year. They would use him on quick kicks quite a bit and <laughs> may have been the best punter in the conference. Huh. And uh, it, he was a punter in high school. He was phenomenal. Um, that's kind of a lethal weapon that is gone that they're working around a little bit, but a few games in, it seems like, it seems like Henley has found his stroke. So, um, special teams, I, I don't think they're too worried about their ability to flip the field and put one through the uprights if they have to. All right, Phil Constantino setting us up for East Carolina and Gardner-Webb. Looking forward to a fun game day. We'll be with you at 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and after the game, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. That call will not end until the last caller is served. Phil, uh, food recommendations. What do you got? Uh, so it, it kind of depending on your mood and how much time you got, I was thinking about it. If you want to want some really good food with some nice scenery and kind of get a little bit of the college scene, I'd recommend Sub Dogs uh, right down the road from us in downtown Greenville. Okay. Uh, a lot of great food there. If you want the classic Eastern North Carolina barbecue, you have plenty of options. Uh, Parker's is a staple here in Eastern North Carolina. Sam Jones barbecue. Uh, very, very popular as well. Could I cut you off right there? Because my my friends here in the western part of the state, I don't I, I don't know that they would appreciate me eating Eastern North Carolina barbecue. Fair enough. Fair. I understand that big rivalry. I'm living in North Carolina. Uh, lives have been lost and families have been broken up when it comes to barbecue and, and choices. Um, if you have time to sit down and watch a game or multiple games, 
I'd recommend tiebreakers because not only do they have great food, but maybe the best uh, TV setup as far as sports bars go here in the town. You got some options, but uh, tiebreakers uh, would be my call there. Put this out to your callers today. Put this out to your callers. Where should Phil eat dinner on Friday night? All right, let's uh, let's start that poll. So you're talking about dinner Friday night. What time are you talking and how much time do you have? Like to, to sit down. We don't kick till six on Saturday. Come on, Clip. Oh, man. So we're going all night. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get your recommendations in, and uh, I'll pass those along to you, Phil. Hey, great to talk with you, man, and I uh, hope you enjoy. Well, Clip, good to talk to you again. Yeah, hope you enjoy your time here in Greenville. We'll, uh, we'll catch up down the road. Thank you so much, Phil. I appreciate it, Clip. Take care. Be well. Phil Constantino joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line, ECU and Gardner Webb coming up this Saturday. We'll see you at two on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number two. Bryce Williams joining us hour three when we return after these words. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by the KT Pub Group, featuring great local places to eat, like the Sidebar and Christie's Euro Pub. Follow them on social media for the latest specials and more. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with the University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. And coming up this Saturday, get your game day started with the Game Day Run Club presented by Fleet Feet, benefiting Robbie's Clubhouse. It's $5 to sign up to run, and you can sign up to run at runsignup.com. The race starts and ends at Fleet Feet this Saturday. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All righty, wrapping up our number two. Quick seg alert, quick seg here, because we went long with Mully and with Phil Constantino. Hope you enjoyed those conversations. Uh, we will have Bryce Williams coming up in hour three. He's not here yet because this is still technically hour two, but I can smell it. smells like work in here. It smells like work. Um, congratulations go out to a friend of the show. Zach Agnos, he is the California League Reliever of the Year. I I didn't see that coming. I was talking with some of his old teammates on Friday about how good he has pitched this year. Uh, led the Miners in saves with 27, 5-3 record, 206 ERA, 68 Ks. Awesome, awesome stuff for Zach Agnos, who was uh, one of the most important people in our lineup at ECU in the field at short and came in and pitched when we needed him and now he is the reliever of the year in the california league so that is absolutely awesome to see quick look at the buccaneer music hall school board presented by dub buck Buck. four teams have clinched their uh, playoff spots in major league baseball the braves the dodgers the o's and the rays and you got the o's coming up tonight they'll be on the road at houston i guess they are still playing for 
first of all they're playing for baseball's best record because the braves are floundering a bit here late in the season but right now atlanta still has 96 wins to the orioles 94 more importantly for atlanta they have 96 wins to the dodgers 92 so the braves have clinched a first round bye still trying to clinch um home field throughout the national league playoffs and throughout the whole thing if they have the best record but the orioles now two and a half games up on the race so the o's still have some work to do in regards to that's right i said in regards to in regards to being the number one seed in the al but uh congratulations to the o's and those other teams and uh, the fans out there for making the postseason. All right, let's take uh, a break. We'll come back. Bryce Williams joins us. We've got Mike Houston audio to get to. We got Bryce's thoughts. How do we turn this thing around? Is it too late? Is Bryce Williams panicking? Or is he going to tell the Pirate Nation, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to turn this season around. And here's why you should be optimistic about ECU football. I haven't talked to Bryce. I don't know. I know he wasn't happy on Saturday. We'll see what his feelings are today. When we return, Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. When you walk through the doors of Villa Verde, you'll experience the sights, sounds, and smells of authentic Dominican flavors. Villa Verde is inviting you to come by this summer and try some of their amazing empanadas, famous red snapper, grouper bites, seafood paella, uh, Cuban sandwich, and more. Relax on the patio with a fresh mojito or cold beer while enjoying one of one of our out-of-this-world desserts like the rum pineapple cake. Villa Verde on 10th Street, a platform for good and a proud supporter of the Pirate Nation. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Ohio State Notre Dame, 7.30 on NBC, Bryce Williams. Oh, Bryce Williams is here. Dude, Chandler, you got his music ready? One, two, three, Here we four. go. I saw the light. I was baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again. I'm a brand new man. <laughs> I saw a tweet from like... Um, uh, local news channels put out weird tweets like one of them one of the stations wishes happy birthday to like random celebrities that'll never see it i, I don't understand that huh. but this one uh put out what's something about country music day or something what's your favorite country music song and i said and i had two but my favorite all time is 40 bowls in 14 days country music <laughs> version yeah which chandler if you could find that i would not be opposed to playing that today and then number <laughs> two great my second favorite country music song all time is brand new man cover edition by clip rock chandler honeycutt featuring cooper greer that would be oh, my sure. second favorite uh but chandler if you could find 40 bowls in 14 days laf folder mm. country music edition 
Mm. Uh, I wouldn't mind hearing that right now. 40 bowls in 14 days. 14 days. 14 days. 40 bowls in 14 days. It'll be here before you know it. Before you know it. 40 bowls in 14 days. We're going to break down every bowl game. 14 days. 40 bowls in 14 days. And we're going to play an intro for every game. 14. And this is the best one. Hey, pop top boy. Sing it at home. 40 bowls in 14 days. 40 bowls in 14 days. Bring it home, Chandler. Here's Mama said 40 bowls. Papa said 40 days. Mama said 40 bowls. Papa said 40 days. 40 bowls. 14 days. 40 bowls. In a 14 days. I said 40 bowls. In a 14 days. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My goodness. I tell you what. That's good stuff. Yeah, man. That's the good stuff. Man. Was that Ken, is that Kenny Chesney? Man, yes. Why is Kenny Chesney on the light tower at Foxborough? Yeah, I found that very confusing. Too. I saw a lot of people saying Kenny Chesney is trying to uh, set the world record that's already been set by Ric Flair of being a fake fan of the most <laughs> amount of teams. Like Ric Flair's in every locker room dancing and. This week he's a 49er. Next week he's a lion. And then he'll be a <laughs> cowboy. Uh, I didn't know Kenny Chesney had ties with the New England area. But uh, anyway, saw him up there. Bryce, how the H are you, man? I'm doing well. I am doing well. All is well. Well, I wouldn't say all is well. Uh, well, I well. guess, yeah, I mean, there's one thing that's kind of. Jamie said, that's the good stuff. Now to the bad stuff. Yeah. And uh, 0-3, Bryce. That ain't that ain't what you want to write to mom. You know? <laughs> if you were to pin a letter to your mother, she wouldn't want you to wouldn't. say, "Hey, mom, pirates are zero and three. Mm. You know? Does she write back? You know? Does she just? You might upset mama. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. You want to wait until the pirates get a win to write mom, and she's probably wondering why hasn't he written me? I know it's not my fault. <laughs> it's, Sorry, mama. Well, let's get to that. Whose fault is it? <laughs> oh man, that was a good lead up there. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh gosh, I don't know, man. This. Uh, oh well, I'm gonna say this. Shout out to the defense at least to get us look like the score was fairly respectable. Um, without them, that would have not have been. A good game. Two defensive touchdowns Two help defensive it out. Touchdowns. I mean, got me fired up. I mean, I was thinking, here we go. Let's well, lock it in. Some football. Lock it in. And then it was interception, interception, interception. And I didn't intentionally, and I did intentionally say that three times. <laughs> I, and that was all planned. The the sad part is, Bryce, that I come out of that game when people ask who should be the quarterback. I say I, I, the guy that threw three interceptions. I I, <laughs> I do. What do you think? You know, I'm kind of leaning still that way. I mean, I think he does still does a better job just looking composed. I say composed. I mean, I don't know. If he got three interceptions, but um, just feels like he can still handle the offense and control the offense um, a little better. 
I think so. I mean, he, we did go down and score on the opening drive. It had a little bit of a flashback, you know. But um, 16 seconds ago, Bryce, what am I saying? WITN, at WITN. Happy birthday, Jimmy Fallon. He'll never see this. Why are you wishing him a happy birthday? Jeez. Oh, that irritates me. You should wish Bertha from Plymouth a happy birthday. Exactly. Or Bobby Sue from Bethel. Uh-huh. Your, your viewers. That's what we do here on this show. I'm not wishing Terry McLaurin a happy birthday. I love you, Terry. But you'll never see this. No. But if it's one of your birthdays out there. local WITN. I will sing yeah. happy birthday to you. I'll sing happy birthday to, to Randolph. Because that, that's yeah. what we do here. Let the real people see it. You know, local, exactly. The people who watch you. The people that, that matter exactly. around these parts. Exactly. Bryce, back to ECU football. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still feel like Flynn's doing a good job. I still feel <laughs> kind of full. Everything is relative. Like, comparatively, we look yeah. better on offense. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I still feel like a jack leg because he threw three interceptions. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. And then, of course, you got a receiver that drop passes. You know, that's painful to watch. I just, I'm not saying you're perfect, but I mean, come on. Eventually, three games in, you think you'd be clicking. I like saying one thing, I don't know what they do after practice as far as the skill guys and quarterbacks. Are they staying back, catching the, hitting the, you know, catching the jugs? Maybe they are. If they are, great. Do it some more. Um, you know, I don't know how much. And we're, they're all athletic. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, you, mm, I'm try, I could probably count on one hand, maybe two. This is just me. I don't know if I'm being biased, but when I played between, I may miss a few guys, me, Hardy, Zay, Cam Worthy, um, you know, Davon Grayson, pretty much our skill guys, probably count on maybe one or two hands. The amount of times we drop blatant passes, literally. I mean, I can pretty confidently say that. Okay. So, well, okay, I'm glad you because we get the question a lot. What What do these guys need to do? And there's practice, and there's also before and after practice jugs exactly. machine. I hear a lot of that from Jason Nichols, who was a former EC receiver and a coach. So why? Were y'all so good at catching balls, and why are these guys struggling? How much extra work did you put it, in? Well, literally, I mean, it was – like, again, I can confidently say, like, every day after practice, you know, maybe not like the Thursday. You know, you've grinded all week. Yeah. Man, man, you had a good sharp practice. But, I mean, typically it's every day after practice you're catching on the jugs machine. I mean, we would have a line of guys at the jugs machine. We'd have the quarterback staying after – tossing just you know even light routes like not full speed routes just kind of getting the feel for it to groove and just because we wanted to i mean I don't yeah and if one guy's doing it the other guy's gonna do it then the exactly. other because nobody wants to get left behind exactly. yeah. and i'm not saying the guys on our team aren't doing that right. all we're saying is we see during the games we have had exactly. some, some drops you know so that's the big thing so we've dropped several passes that could progress our you know possession you know to conversions on first down and that can be a whole swing you know shift of momentum you know once you convert and you know gives an opportunity for another play to be made well obviously. on that note didn't the hatfield drop the next play wasn't that a pick i think i think it was where you you're pressured into yeah. a third and long yeah, or whatever third and long they're gonna bring it a little bit and sure enough you know because the o-line is 
which I guess leads to the next point. You know, you got to you know, give the quarterback time. And like I said, O line is a very it's a very skilled. You know, uh, can can be a confusing you know um, position because you have a lot of movement and it's all right there in your face. So you got to you know know who your mic is and all these different calls. But you know, I mean, I know I guess we're young, but. I don't know. You start wondering, you know, are, are the guys taking that extra effort to stay after and do these reads, you know, different um, fronts and all sorts of stuff, Pre- the pressures, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just looking from the outside in at the, right. in the game. Absolutely. Um, and, so, and Bryce, in between all of the um, chain restaurant talk and trying to speculate how bryce got all those holes in his shirt on the chat (laughs) we do have some questions uh jamie was asking about do you see the tight ends helping block what do you think of the tight end play uh right now uh i mean so far i mean i saw shane made some play you know obviously our offense wasn't very explosive um last week as far as you know we have um, two catches maybe yeah i think two guys and when i say explosive i mean um, completions and things like that. Um, so, I, mean, I think the tight end play is doing fine. I think Shane has now – is it two touchdowns? Did he score? No, yeah, he no was, we didn't have a passing touchdown We had a Saturday. running touchdown. Okay. But, um, I mean, I think tight ends are doing fine. I hope we wouldn't get to the point where we had to rely on a tight end to stay in every pass passing play to help with an extra blocker. Um, well, right now, if you're naming your most sure-handed Pirates – Shane Calhoun is at or near the top of that list. Like I, I want to see him yeah. going out for more routes and not oh, yeah. having to stay in. But if, if the line can't protect, yeah. he's going to have to. Exactly. Sometimes. And I saw. Well, I think it was this game. Shane made a. You know. Yeah, it was this game made a very um, competitive catch. If I remember correctly, that was kind of thrown behind him, and um, you know, going left to right, and it was thrown at his like right hip, right shoulder, back behind him. Um, very impressed, you know. Very good catch. It was, you know, competitive catch. So just get more guys making plays. You know, I mean, quarterback can only throw it. I mean, if you're expecting it in the chest every time, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. True. You know. So who knows? I'm hoping for um, better outcome. You know, the run game wasn't really popping as far as like when it got you know in the middle of the field and all that and big runs, but. Y'all want to hear numbers, Chandler? You got something? I was just going to say, and for those wondering about Tyler Savage, Coach Mike Houston did give an update on him today. He said that he would be out for another few weeks as he's still battling injury. So, still no Tyler Savage anytime soon. Uh, Brian says, not well, Kenny says quarterbacks and receivers need to step up. Kenny also says, stop running up the middle every first down. Hmm. We do that quite a bit. Yeah, that can get – caught on to fairly quickly i'd say about you know defenses um so yeah maybe change it up a little bit on that got Um, to you know brian said not picking but hatfield has not been consistent since he got here he's been consistently inconsistent i would say um he said we have zero playmakers unlike seasons past yeah i mean nothing's been popping off i mean you think which i mean if the offense isn't driving then i guess it's hard to get guys to you know the opportunity to play but there's actually you know there's been several opportunities that good catches could have been made but there's been said drops i think hatfield's been some of the in the situation where he could have had some really good 
you know, big time catches, you know, if I remember correctly. Um, so, I mean, but if I'm getting the ball thrown to me, I'm going to do everything I can as much because I think he's been getting, you know, how many, every many targets, I feel like fairly the more, you know, most, uh, most time targeted. Yeah. Uh, Jari Patterson has had some drops now. I, I love that Jari had a drop or two early in that game, came back, made yeah. a huge block on a play, yeah. and then later made a big time catch that set up a, a touchdown, I believe. Yeah. Um, so good to see him bounce back, but he and this is his first time on the field, but no excuse. I mean, he's got to make those plays. Yeah, so most definitely. I'd say he and Hatfield have combined for the most drops yeah. on the team yeah, so far. You got to, I don't know, that, the extra work needs to be put in if it's not um, already, and hope if it's not, if it is getting put in, and that's still the result. Maybe it's a mind, I don't know, confidence thing, mindset. I don't, you know, it's got to be sure of yourself that's for sure east carolina right now averaging a, a very sad 14 points per game and thanks to the defense for knocking that number up a little bit yeah uh, 116 on the ground 138 passing yards a game to- total offense 254 in three games yeah Yikes. uh penalties the pirates are averaging 93 penalty yards a game that's not good either Chandler, can we get a Mike Houston cut three where he uh, talked about those penalties today? He was asked about the that's back-to-back games with double-digit penalties for the Pirates. Well, I think, you know, we obviously emphasized it on Sunday, um, and we've emphasized it all last week, too. Um, I think the big thing for me is looking at what the penalties are. Um, you know, some of them come from fundamentals and technique, and, you know, when you see a holding call, a lot of times it's because you're getting your body out of position uh, now you got to understand that there's a point where you gotta you gotta let go. You know, there's holding on every play. I mean, there's there's it's across the board on every play, but there's holding that gets called and holding that's part of the game. And you know, just teaching players, you know, the point, uh, you know, that line right there. And then uh, you know, there's there is some discipline penalties, and we had fewer of those. Okay, we only had a couple of those this past weekend, but still, you got to eliminate those. There's no there's no point, uh, you know. I always tell the, the players, the pre-snap and the post-whistle penalties, those are the ones you can't have. You know, the fault starts off sides and in anything after the play is over. You can't have those. And so that's, uh, that's something that you got to – we've done a good job of eliminating those. We still had a couple last week, so you got to eliminate those. Um, you know, you had a couple on Saturday that's just, you know, out of pure effort uh, and, you know, understanding, you know, when, when to do something, when to not. You know, we had three intentional grounding penalties on Saturday. And certainly the, uh, the intent was there to get us out of a bad situation. But, you know, there's, there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. So yeah, it's addressing all of them individually. And you, you address them all throughout the week with everything you see on tape. Uh, and we got we to gotta cut down the self-inflicted errors. That's the big thing right now. All right, there he is, Mike Houston, talking about the penalties. I talked to Jeremy Lewis today, and he brought it up kind of on his own. I don't think I – I don't know if I brought up penalties, but just asking, you know, what the improvements need to be made. And he said that, like, they are addressing those at practice. They are paying the price for those after practice. Like, Mm -hmm. he's – they're being punished for their penalties. So, Mm -hmm. I I mean, they're doing all the the things you need to do. They're just not executing, which is – it's kind of concerning if you're doing everything you need to do 
then that's then I guess you're just not good enough. Right. That comes to an ability. Yeah. (laughs) Like so everybody's working hard. We're not denying that, but we ain't getting it done. So like can things be fixed or is this just what we got this year? I don't want to think that and I don't think that, but pretty soon you get enough of a sample size to say we just ain't good right that's yeah. kind of scary yeah and <laughs> yeah and i definitely don't want it to come to that because that's hard to say yeah we don't have the players you know that's you know because then you're well okay let's hope they run really sharp routes or a really smart player you know to find open zones or whatever it may be um so yeah hopefully not but either, you know the penalties are obviously the big thing like coach houston said you know your post whistle pre-snap i mean come on those are all yeah. disciplined things um like unsportsmanlike my gosh that is uh that one gets you you know that's 15 yards like you see in the holdings it is hard like in the moment you getting beat you obviously don't want your quarterback or get sure. beat yeah i understand that how that happens because in the heat of the moment you're like want to fight and all that but so it's hard to just let a guy go um because then it may look like you're not giving effort you know but um that is a fundamental technique thing as coach you said so if we can play penalty free you know well hell let's just cut them in half to start with right yeah and go like five for 50 i'd be happy with that at this point right uh, let's get a break in. We'll come back more with Bryce Williams. Uh, we'll get his prediction on the game. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors. We'll ask, was he attacked by an otter or some other critter to get those holes in his shirt? <laughs> uh, more to go. Pirate Radio Live will also make you a winner. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Are you ready and pre-approved if the home you want to purchase comes for sale today? Integrity Home Mortgage offers a wide variety of programs ranging from conventional, government, and portfolio loans the Integrity Home Mortgage Team of Talbot Green, Braxton Green, and Joanne Weir offers over 50 years of experience and is committed to providing you with the superior customer service that you deserve. Call them today at 252-714-2076. Integrity Home Mortgage, Pirates, supporting Pirates. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Huge news, Chandler. I'm shocked you haven't brought this up during the show. Um, the Washington Commanders, according to John Kime, have worked out five long snappers today. Guys, you know very well, Tucker Addington, Jake McQuaid, Bradley Robinson, Rex Sonahara, and Carson Tinker. Carson Tinker, a former Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, there you go. And, <laughs> and Bradley Robinson, also a Kansas Jayhawk. Uh, we uh, have a surprise. Did he you. transfer to Ohio State? He must have because okay. he was at Kansas. Uh, Cheeseman had a bad snap Jeez. on Sunday. Yeah, and it might be time that. to uh, cut the cheese if you cut know what I'm the saying. Cheese, we got I, a surprise for you next week at uh, press conferences on Tuesday. I think I might have spoiled it. Hey Chandler, pretend like I didn't tell you this earlier. Oh, he, he you told no, him. No, I didn't tell him. Go ahead. What? 
you have a surprise? What did you tell them? What you were about to say? That we may have the, the current long snapper lined up for a one-on-one interview. We're going to request it. Chandler gets a one-on-one interview with uh, the current yeah. long snapper. Alex Harper, right? Yes. Just talking, just two long snappers talking shop. Just snapping it up. Just chatting. <laughs> snapping and chatting. I want y'all to snap as y'all talk. I want them to Snapchat. I want them to, <laughs> to send the entire thing over Snapchat. We're Snapchatting and talk about snapping. Snapping, 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 and rapping. Ah, uh, so there you go. Your long snapper update. Commanders are two and zero for those that don't know. Ooh, hello, hey, hey. Now that Warrior. is something to write your mama about. Exactly, mom. No news on the Pirates right now, but the Washington Commanders two and zero, two and zero. Speaking of your Commanders, Clipper, I saw this little bit earlier today that the Buffalo Bills have played them in three out of the last four seasons. Oh God. Every time that the Bills have played them, oh no, the Commanders have had a different name. <laughs> that is pretty and funny. And they will play again in either 05 or, or 25 or 27. And it is likely that the Commanders will have a different name the next time they play. Very well could be and true. It would be four games in a row where a franchise had a different name. Good, because like we keep losing to them, but it won't count because we're going to have a new name. Those new games, trajectory every time. Those games get redacted. Mm. Ironically, Bryce, the last text I got from my mom says 2-0. Whoa. and oh. How about that? She was pumped up Sunday night. Man. After Washington knocked off Denver. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we got to go outdoors. We got to make you a winner. Uh, what do we want to do right now? Let's, uh, let's hear a little more Mike Houston. <sighs> let's see. So, John Gilbert put out a From the Helm, Bryce. Did you see that? I did read it. Thanks to Pirate Radio's um, athletic uh, information. <laughs> <laughs> pirate radio's athletic information i like that yes sir or maybe our instagram or uh the instagram yeah is that what you're looking at? yeah and mike houston commented on the comments he was asked about it by patrick mason here's uh, what he had to say cut four well i mean none of us are pleased with the start of the season you know i, I mentioned that in my opening statement and uh certainly john and i are on, on the same page with what we expect um and I don't think the, you know, the expectations are the same across the board. Uh, I understand frustrations the way we started the season. Uh, at the same time, I also understand what the players are doing, what the coaches are doing to try to make sure that uh, you know, we give the Pirates a chance to win each week. So um, I would say that uh, I am as committed as I can be. The players and coaches are as committed as they can be. And we're going to work our tails off to uh, get things going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, we've got a great challenge this, this coming weekend. Um, and at the same time, uh, every week is going to present a great challenge. So, you know, the focus just has to remain in the moment, you know, being 1-0 and o in the moment. All right. There is Mike Houston. I mean, nothing he can say right now is going to make anybody feel any better. It's right. all about going out and winning. Yeah, I so think most definitely. I'm not going to, like, pick apart his words right now because, again, nobody – Mike Houston doesn't want to have to say it, and nobody wants to hear it, so it's kind of a lose-lose situation at these press conferences right now. I don't enjoy it. I don't like, you know, I'm not going to enjoy asking him or mm-hmm. Donnie or Blake Harrell questions tomorrow. I didn't enjoy talking to Jalen Johnson and Jeremy Lewis today, but all they can do is hold their head up, get back to work, and and go try to win a ball game. Most so, definitely. Tis what it is. Michael Winstead 
Father Isaiah Winstead said on YouTube, we don't have any dog receivers. They're not eyeing the ball into their hands. I wish Isaiah had one more year here, but good for him being on that Niners practice squad. That's right. Uh, but, yeah, man, we got to – somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to be the guy. I know. And, and Rajay does all he can from a leadership standpoint at running back. I don't know. We don't have that whole Naylor's veteran quarterback this year to to kind of rally the troops right now and let his performance do the talking. Yeah. I understood that, that Mason Garcia did make strides in that department, being more vocal, being able to lead the locker room. But at some point, your performance has to do the talking Actions as well. Speak louder than. Exactly. And words. Bryce, you went over a list of receivers earlier, including yourself, pass catchers, but you had the captain at quarterback you had zeke and and mm-hmm. what jordan williams like guys brandon on defense brandon, brandon williams, williams sorry uh on defense that that could speak up and and if you get tired of what they say just watch what they do on the field right and then you know you can lead that way so most definitely <sighs> nothing to add what do you do uh, i mean yeah you gotta win we got just gotta win well we'll be talking Great about place. it we'll be talking about it nine more hours this week on this show and then four more hours leading up to gardner webb that's 13 more hours of yapping before we get yep. back on the field and hopefully get a win yep yep because it'd be good i mean you i tell you one of these receivers can be a daggum all-star i mean all it takes is okay for that quarter for one receiver to start balling out I'm like well okay he's the one he's getting the, the target and then the then you know all you know the uh, plays can be designed around okay you're gonna be the first read or you're just gonna be the runoff guy to you know run down the middle of the field and not even be a look good players make good decoys and yeah. it can help out everybody exactly. if just so, one guy can step up one guy one guy man all it takes is one guy for the most part and then you need uh, the other 10 the other 10 but in this right. case we're just looking for one right now yeah who is the one all right, uh, Chandler, give me some. You can give me some. Give it. Hey, hit the. Uh, she said, "Give it away." Did something a little new here, Bryce. Just give it away. <laughs> well, just give it away. My third favorite country song. There ain't, ain't nothing, nothing in this studio worth fighting over. <laughs> well, the phone lines are already buzzing anyway. So just give it away. Uh, all right, caller four three one seven twelve fifty. Do you know what we're giving away today, Chandler? Oh boy, he does not. I have to say, while Chandler's fiddling around over there, you know that's clip. That's clip singing, and what greatness it sounds like. And you're just humble as can be. You just don't even <laughs> act like it's you. You say, Nah, I ain't, that ain't me. I'd rather you speak for me than me have to speak for myself well, when it comes well, to those I things. Well, I enjoy it. All right, we've stalled enough. $15 gift card to A.J. McMurphy. Hit that music again, Uh Chandler. $15 gift card to A.J.'s is on the line. We're going to give it a whine (laughs) right now. Caller 4, 317-1250. Back with more. We'll go Pirate You Outdoors and have the official Bryce Williams prediction after this. Well, the phone lines are already buzzing anyway. Just give it away. 
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. East Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Rolling Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group, offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service, just a new name. For plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, just go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. And congratulations to Patrick Brown of Winterville. He is the winner of a $15 gift card to A.J. McMurphy's. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is A.J. McMurphy's. A.J.'s has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There is something... There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's have back, back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right. Thanks to Chan Man for working the audio today. And thanks to the big dog, Glenn Griffin, working the video. No Shirley Rhodes today. She will be back with us coming up on two, on Wednesday. Boys day today. Just the boys, just the fellas hanging out. Just the fellas. And we can uh, get away with anything with Shirley not here. Exactly. So if y'all want to get a little crazy, go mm-hmm. for it. All right, Bryce, let's go outdoors. It is uh, dur season, right? It's dur season. Um, I do I, have some. Uh, yep. And I have a. I got a, a fishing question. When the weather starts to cool, when you get that fall n- crisp, that nip in the air, what does that mean for fishing? Fire as up. far as more or less up. different types what just more uh we'll go to uh, the king mackerel lisbon king mackerel tournaments you know throughout the summer and stuff but you know normally you know in the fall september october hit up uh the king mackerel um i think some wahoo so i mean i mean the fall is a great time to fish i love fishing in the fall especially going after trout um hopefully going to try and get on some bull drum they've been a real funky this year not like they were last year um yeah i mean it's fall's a great time to fish winter is still a great time but you know it's, a, it's not as comfortable yeah but it's still great <clears throat> now as far as deer season goes i feel like in the past you the huntsman that you are you're a bow guy right i do enjoy bow hunting um obviously i've killed more deer with a gun but um bow hunting is great and hopefully i can stick one you know before rifle season comes around which i can uh, oh, so is it not rifle season? Not yet. yet. It's okay. just bows. So um, I haven't put a stand up, but I have put corn out. I have some deer, you know, some does coming into it fairly regularly. So I hope I can slap one up, stick a doe, and then I can chill All right. for a buck. But um, doing that, still got some activity, which is good. Um, yeah, but I've been on the water this week. So. When is uh, turkey time, by the way? Just curious. That is April and May. Oh, goodness. Okay so uh yeah deer and, and still got the fishing going mm-hmm. any uh big catch stories so uh flounder season the whopping two weeks that they have decided to make it um i was able to go sunday with me my buddy patrick and then jay father-in-law and we were, uh, went out in the pamlico it's a beautiful beautiful day uh, i'm always thankful for those and we actually caught our limit of flounder which is one person one apiece which is still nice but we caught several other flounder after that so um caught good flounders about 18 inch flounders so good eating um we said beautiful 
beautiful day out there. But um, was that okay catching flounder? I didn't even care. I didn't even catch any flounder last year. So just from being busy with whatever and the opportunity, um, you know, to go. But um, hopefully, we maybe on tomorrow, even hopefully. Boy, flounder. Um beautiful fish in the movie the little mermaid circa 1993 ish yeah uh real flounder are pretty ugly fellows aren't they yeah they're gnarly looking them there were some vicious things one actually poked my thumb that day but yeah they don't look like that <laughs> uh they are sideways you enjoy where do they rank amongst uh fish you enjoy Man, eating flounder? Uh, they're up there yeah they're, I, I like them probably better than trout um Flounder's good. It's fun fish to catch. You're unique. Um, good fight. And, of course, when you get them, there's been some huge ones caught. I mean, like, the biggest one so far has been, like, 12 pounds that Chasing Tails has put up. I mean, that's literally. That's what you like? You like the fight part of it? Yeah, the, the battle? The battle of it. Yeah. Because you know? um, I tell you, flounder are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they are. I don't know what the word is, but they are tricky to land at times because they freak out and just somehow the way their mouths are or something can get off a hook in the dang blink of an eye, especially when you get them to the boat because it's like, what in the world? So landing one is even a big deal. So when you get a big one, it's even more nerve-wracking. Um, but they got your southern flounder, gulf flounder, and I think there's one more minute to but. That's what's in right now. That's, what, that's right. the hot topic in East North Carolina is flounder. Everybody's talking about it, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric says fried flounder with some good homemade tartar sauce in Texas Pete. Hard to beat it. Oh, yeah. I love flounder. By the way, real quick. Jamie did a little flounder fishing this weekend at Holden Beach while watching the game. Man, he says yeah. right up Bryce's alley yeah, right there. I love it. Uh, Charlie Heritage yeah. says, uh, tell Clip hello. He's saying he's commenting on the Pirate Radio Outdoors. But hey, Charlie. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So that's what we're doing, and then hopefully fishing, and then maybe stick a deer. See what happens. All right, there you go. When we return, Bryce's official prediction for ECU Gardner Webb, and if we have time, he's got a hole in a shirt story or a ripped oh, shirt story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's see if we have time. Back with you after this. I think- You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin? Smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybaratmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit, love your transformation, and coming up on Saturday, get your game day started with the Game Day Run Club presented by Fleet Feet, benefiting Robbie's Clubhouse. It is $5 to run. You can sign up to run today at runsignup.com. The race starts and ends at Fleet Feet. 
So we'll see you this Saturday. Now back at the PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Chandler, great job today, my man. Thank you, sir. Good job, Chan. Big thank dog. you, B Dub. Appreciate you, sir. And Bryce, thank you for rolling in here. Of course. Your uh, shirt story. We'll have to wait another day. Yeah. Bryce, you are zero and three, just like I GCU. Not good right now. What is your prediction for Saturday? Now, usually this is the time where I tell you the spread, but we don't have a spread yet. You just leave me with nothing. Yep, you are on a line without a net. What? Not a line? A rope without a There's net? There's that Waylon song, uh, something working without a net or right. something like that. Well, Bryce, right. you're on your own, buddy. What's the I score going to be? Look, we're 0-3. Most people would say, throw in the towel. That ain't me, Clip. Not this guy. That ain't me. I'm going Pirates. Um, I'm ho- I'm very hopeful. You know, home game, Dowdy. You can't you can't take the Dowdy Ficklin home games for granted as a player. You can't. You only get six of them all year. You only year. get six of them. And um, so we're going to win. I, I think we're going to win. Will it be high scoring? I don't know. I'm going to go conservative, but some points are going to be on the board. I think you know, offense. I'm thinking it's opened some guys' eyes. You know, maybe they put a little extra work in. Or maybe things are just going to click. So, ECU, obviously with the dub. Going like a, you know, a 27-17. All right. You know, because I feel good about the defense, <clears throat> offense. And that's what we got. 27-17 Pirates knocking off Gardner-Webb. And we have our first celebratory edition of the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show in 2023. Sign me up. Bryce, thanks for hanging out, bud. Thanks for having me. Chan Man, big dog. Appreciate y'all. We'll see you back here Wednesday, 3 o'clock, all new edition of Pirate Radio Live, along with P. Mace and Ken Watlington and the regulars. We will welcome in Jacob Jenkins Cowart and Dixon Williams. Talk a little Pirate Baseball coming up on Wednesday with the Football Talk. We'll talk to you then. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.